is Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. Well, good afternoon, folks, and welcome to a game day edition of Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Hassan Remo with you for the next couple hours. Jets looking to snap this losing streak tonight in a big, big Western Conference game with the Los Angeles Kings. 7 o'clock start tonight. Connor Hellebuck back in the net for the Winnipeg Jets. We'll get all over it. And we'll also get the latest on the visitors tonight as well as what is happening around the league as more trades continue to be consummated by NHL GMs with Dennis Bernstein of the fourth period. Mike McIntyre coming up as well today. We'll get his thoughts on where the Jets are at right now, this game tonight, and of course Friday's NHL trade deadline and what the Winnipeg Jets may be up to. We'll be all over that. Also, really looking forward to a little bit later on in the program, Welcoming in Westminster star Sean Moran. And I um, told you all about uh, just the amazing atmosphere at Investors Group Center between the, with that wild rivalry game between the Bisons and Westman. Westman going to the Nationals for the first time in 30 years. And uh, Sean, 5'8 point guard, one of the stars of the game, young Winnipeg guy, a great local story, a great local team. So we'll hit that for a few minutes and stick around if you're with us on YouTube. Got a pair of tickets for the game tonight. So we'll fire up the wheel of winners towards the end of the program and send one of you WSTers to Candle Life Center tonight to hopefully see the Jets get back in the win column. Um, lots to get to. We'll get to it right away with Michael Remus. But before we do that, a big thanks to the sponsors that make this show happen every day, including Princess Auto, Cool Bet Canada, Little Brown Jug, Culligan Water, Canadian Club, Vita Health Fresh Market, Wallace & Wallace, Consolidated Supply, F Apparel, Manitoba Battery, the Nick & Nicky TQ Group, Boston Pizza, Royal Sports, and our Why Not Question of the Day brought to you by our friends over at Not Auto Corp. Michael Remus, what's going on? Did you get it all out yesterday? Are we back in a positive state of mind going into this puck drop tonight? Yeah, I, I agree with you. I'm going to the show. I mean, I wasn't sure how the chat was going to be, how fired up it was going to be. Um... You know, you're feeling kind of uh, really down on the team from the game. Um, I'm, I know we got it all out yesterday. I'm feeling good. Huss. I'm going to the game. Look, they're still in a playoff spot. Better than not being in a playoff spot. And uh, Rick Bonus said, and <laughs> now I don't know how much we can believe this based on what he said Friday and what we saw Sunday. However, he said it's going to be playoff intensity tonight, Hustler. And I don't know. I'm re- I said to you before the show, I'm ready to get hurt again. So I'm 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 bought in. I don't know what like money puck says or or the line, but uh, I you know we'll have to see about the Jets lineup. They money puck has them fifty five percent to win. So there you go. Take all your emotion, what you've seen lately, out of it. That's what the numbers say. But there is some concern, Hus, with Pierre Luc Dubois. Uh, he didn't skate. Mason Appleton won't play, but Dubois game time decision. So. You know, seeing Adam Lowry, who hasn't scored in, what, 30 games as your second-line center, um, that doesn't give you a very good feeling. Uh, I know that he had a really nice uh, first 30 games, but maybe it's actually great for Adam Lowry because, you know, playing with Nikolai Ehlers and Nino Niederreiter, he can, uh, you know, maybe they'll set him up for a goal. So um, that's how I'm feeling about the game. Hey, yeah, you know what? I mean, listen, yesterday was, uh, I mean, listen, it was a rough weekend for Jets and their fans. 
and you know we heard it from everyone yesterday and you probably heard it from us all that being said though there's still a lot of hockey left and i mean this team is still in a playoff spot right now and you can stop the bleeding but it it's got to start soon preferably tonight against the los angeles kings um and, and you know you mentioned that rick bonus and we'll hear from bones in a minute on wanting this game what expecting to see some playoff type intensity um, that's exactly what seemingly was missing from this team for the last couple of days. That emotion, that energy, that urgency, that desperation that their situation suggests that they should be in. And I couldn't help but think about um, last night's game between the Ottawa Senators and the Detroit Red Wings. And um, Kyle Bukowskis tweeted this out. Andy Johnson sent this over to us. But Brady Kachuk challenging the entire other team, challenging his own team, and bringing that sort of fire and will and passion to a team that certainly has far longer playoff odds right now than the Winnipeg Jets, and their team got a big win. And, um, you know, as much as you'd like to see things get back to normal, uh, passes on sticks as opposed to in the in skates, guys not falling down, guys remembering who they're supposed to cover. I mean, all of those simple executions and X's and O's. Uh, the one thing that this team needs right now is somebody to really inject a ton of energy into the into the club. And listen, Nito Niederreiter is a great addition, and I think he's going to be a nice boost into that top six. I'm not sure it's realistic to expect a new guy to come in in his first game to be that guy. Um, someone in that jet dressing room has to step up, lead the way, much like we saw Josh Morrissey do when the team was struggling heading into the all-star break. Um, and I think we really have to look at the top guys on this team. Mark Shifley, Kyle Connor, Nikolai Ehlers, Pierre-Luc Dubois, if he's playing. Um, you know, you'd love to get some contributions from some of the other guys, but tonight there's a lot at stake. There's a lot on the line. Connor Hellebuck obviously will be in that. It kind of starts with him. But the big boys need to get back at it, need to be the best versions of themselves. And this team needs to play the way we've seen they can this year, but has been in uh, short supply over the last little while as they've slumped. Yeah, I, when I was reading um, what baseball analytics, uh, you know, early, what, over 10 years ago, they'd always say, once you display a skill, you own that skill. And we've seen the Jets play with skill early on in 30 games this season. And you'd like to think it's there somewhere we just haven't seen it the last couple games so uh maybe this is the game where someone steps up one of those guys um pulls a josh morrissey and says let's effing go and rallies everyone around and they get a win over the la kings just going over um the let's effing go just quickly on that that yeah. is exactly what this team needs the team the building the fan base Let's effing go tonight. Hopefully the fans will show up and be ready to get behind the team tonight. I think they really do need it, and uh, hopefully this team can step up with that playoff-type intensity that Rick Bonus said he expects tonight. Yeah, we did get a nice message in our Instagram DMs, which I do check, and I try to respond to a lot of them, saying, you know, the fans need to bring it tonight and try to get behind this team, you know. Like, booing them after every period, I mean, it sounds fun, but I think realistically, I don't think it's doing anything to encourage no. these guys and and help them and you know Bronx cheering your MVP uh, goalie when he makes a save after giving up a, a breakaway like I don't think I mean it might be fun you might think you can do that because you have 
you, know, you paid for a ticket, but I don't think it, it helps. And I do think, you know, we got to bring that that fun, you know, hockey atmosphere back into the games, and you know, maybe it will help them propel them to a win over over the LA Kings. Just going over the lines, uh, thanks to Ken, we got Connor Shafley, Wheeler, Nita Ryder, Lowry, Ehlers, Menelainen, Stanley, Kuhlman, Baron Gustafson, Gagne, uh, Morrissey, Demello, Dylan Pionk, uh, what? Oh, Capobianco, Schmidt, Sandberg. Stanley. He did say they would go 11-7 and seven if there's no Dubois. Um, Gustafson still on IR. Us, and they don't want to call anyone up. People are talking in chat. Why don't they want to call anyone up? I'm assuming salary cap reasons. They want to maximize as much cap room as they can uh, leading up to the deadline. So I, so we'll have to wait and see about Dubois. I, don't, I, kind of, he's, I feel like he's been game time all year, and he's gone in. So... I'm not totally well. I mean, I'll be waiting at what is it, six thirty, when they go out for warm up, and we'll have to wait and see if he's out there. But uh, Niederreiter, uh, you know, getting a, a nice spot there in the second. Line. Also on the top power play, power play one, thanks to Ken Shafley, Morrissey, Connor, Niederreiter, Wheeler, power play two, Ehlers, Pionk, Schmidt, Lowry, Gagne. So that's what the lineup is going to look like tonight. Hey, a quick thanks to uh, Mary Jane in the chat for uh, jumping on as a supporter of WST. Thanks so much, Mary Jane. Great to have you with us here on WST. And yes, folks, if you haven't already, two bucks a month, great way to support the channel. If you want to become a member, you get some fancy emojis and stuff that Remus has concocted. concocted. Uh, And of course, the best way you can help us out is make sure you're subscribed to the uh, YouTube channel. Tell a friend about Winnipeg Sports Talk and Make sure you're also subscribed to the audio podcast, which if you can't catch us live on YouTube or afterwards, that fresh WST audio will be uh, just in time for your ride home if you're doing a 9 to 5. Should It usually drops right in and around 3.30 p.m. Um, you know, I, I we'll talk more about the trade market and um, the deadline with Bernstein and Mike McIntyre coming up. Marino, just before we get to Bones, um, a guy that has heard his name in trade rumors all year finally got dealt today. And this is the advantage of having cap space. The Carolina Hurricanes, who might have been in the best situation in the entire league, one of the top teams with $10 million plus in cap space with all of their picks, um, they get Jesse Pugliarvi for essentially nothing, an unsigned third rounder playing in Europe today. Yeah, Pugliarvi, I mean, you look at his... Stats this year has five goals, nine assists, 14 points, 58 games. I mean, he's been playing all over the lineup. He's been given opportunity with Connor McDavid and Dreisaitl. And just, we know that he's a good four checker. He's a big body, but he doesn't have that scoring touch. But if there's a team that can maximize his talent, it is, I would say it's the Carolina Hurricanes. And he will fit in there pretty nicely. Bottom six forward. You know, he's got a former Finnish teammate from the World Juniors, Sebastian Ajo, on the team. Um, you know, he needed to get out of Edmonton. It wasn't working there. Um, just, you know, for he was really down on his game, too. There was that interview earlier this season, just for, like, his own mental health. Yeah. Um, just, like, free Pugliarvi. Get him out. You know, it didn't work out for him there. It doesn't mean he's a bad player. I think he can go somewhere and, you know, have some success. And I was wondering if the Jets were going to get get him. You know, Brandon said, why haven't they done it already? I do wonder if the salary cap was kind of, you know, for a guy who's got five goals, you know, isn't that the same number of goals as Anner Janot? 
Huss, it's actually amazing he didn't he didn't go for go didn't for get five. also a first, second, third, fourth, fifth round pick and a <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah doesn't quite bring what Janot's bringing to the game that obviously was May- what the Tampa Bay Lightning were uh, were looking yeah, for. Yeah, but it's a salary here. I think it's three million. So maybe you thought it, people thought it was too much. Uh, he is an RFA after this season, and uh, we'll have to see how that works. But I like the move for Carolina. I think they're a smart organization, and I think they'll be able to maximize his talent, even if they did sign that crazy uh, Kotkaniemi uh, offer sheet, which I don't think has worked out. Although you he's know, only 22, so you never know. I mean, if it works out, they're still only paying him, what, just under $5 million, So maybe there's still time there, but not looking well, great guy, now. Guy, guy that Kotkaniemi was picked ahead of, Made a big impact last night. Brady Kachuk uh, leading the Ottawa Senators to a huge win over the uh, Detroit Red Wings. And they're back at it tonight. Back-to-back games in Ottawa. Of course, one of them was a makeup game from a canceled game earlier on this season. They'll be back at it. I mean, there were two games, I guess three games, that had some significant implications in the Western Conference standings <laughs> last night. The Avalanche continued their great play as of late. They're rocketing to the top of the Central Division. 3-0 win over the Golden Knights. Alexander Georgiev got the shutout, 31 saves in the game. The Boston Bruins do everyone else in the West a bit of a favor, cooling off the Edmonton Oilers with a 3-2 win in Edmonton at Rogers Place. And then there's the Dallas Stars. And the Dallas Stars, Remo, continue to quote-unquote struggle, but they get to overtime every game. They lose an OT last night. They did have a couple two-goal comebacks to salvage the point, and that's been the difference between Dallas and Winnipeg over the last little while. Winnipeg's been losing in regulation, which is what kills you in the standings. And Dallas, while the record doesn't look very good, they continue to get the loser points. Now, they probably should be winning more of these games. They're getting to extra time. But if you're getting one point, it's not that bad. So the Canucks beat Dallas last night, and you look at these standings, it really is bizarre. Like, in the division right now, the Winnipeg Jets still have the most wins in the Central, and yet they're in fourth place. The Dallas Stars, 31 wins. That's less than Colorado's 34, less than Minnesota's 33, less than Winnipeg's 35. But then you look over to the overtime loss column, and they have 13 points in overtime whereas the Winnipeg Jets have won and you know I think back to the game last week in Columbus where that softy win on big save Dave and you know the team ended up losing in regulation um, the Islander game where they were right in it and then gave up that goal and weren't able to equalize the Jersey game where not only did they blow the lead but they lost in regulation all those points left on the table are devastating especially when you consider when the Winnipeg Jets get to overtime, they win. They get two points. That's pretty much been the MO all season long, Remo. So I know this isn't, we are not going to get into a big discussion on three point games. I was tweeting about it last night. But um, bottom line is, if you're going to lose games, at least get to overtime. Dallas has done a great job of that. And that's why they're in first place right now. Nothing else. Yeah, it is bizarre, and you don't want to get too far down to ranting about the point system and the playoff format and the board ads. I mean, those are just uh, those are our hit songs, <laughs> Hustler. But it is play the hits, play the it, hits. I mean, it happens where you uh, people look at the standings and you're like, "What the h? The Jets have the most wins in the Central Division, but they're in fourth place. How does that make any sense?" And 
I guess they're just not getting to overtime and losing enough as Dallas. 13 overtime losses is kind of bizarre. That's a lot. I remember the Jets had a lot last year. I don't think it was quite that many. But Dallas, I mean, their their goal differential, great. Plus 36, that is tops in the division. They just can't win these overtime games. Imagine if they could, how much you know better they would be and how much further behind the Jets would be. So they need to keep pace, Jets. They need to win, get two points here. Get feeling good because there are two big games coming up on Friday and Saturday against the Oilers. So uh, I am looking forward to uh, seeing the Kings. We'll hear more about them from Dennis. But, yeah, the standings, it's it's bizarre. The playoff format, it's bizarre. The, you know, the number one joke, too, of the last, like, two days, like, you know, the, the Lightning and the Leafs are spending all these picks and one of them is going to get past the first round how crazy is that so i mean those are this is what you talk about i mean it's, it's hard hard to avoid red flame red flame 36 in chat how did we go from second to wild card well they uh lost in regulation to colorado and the islanders in uh, on the weekend and other teams are winning right now i mean it's still incredibly close you go on a bit of a heater and you're right back into a good spot but we've talked about what this jet schedule looks like coming up i mean big game tonight against the king home and home against the oilers um the following week i believe it's san jose that's in on the monday I'll get this up, and then you've got that road trip coming up after that of, um, I mean, some big, big, serious teams uh, in in the East. Uh, yeah, so two home games next week after the Saturday game against Edmonton. San Jose, massive tilt against the Minnesota Wild. And then the team hits the road. Florida, Tampa, Carolina, and then home to the Boston Bruins. Oh, this next that's... couple weeks is a meat grinder. <laughs> I've been kind of looking at this part of the schedule with some nerves, and then those nerves are um, even more frayed considering the way the teams looked over the last little while. That being said, it's got to start with one shift, one good period, one goal, one win. That's the job tonight for the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, let's hear from Rick Bonus. He spoke earlier today after the morning skates. Been a tough run for his club. Uh, very interesting hearing what Bones had to say yesterday after a spirited practice that included a lot of yelling from the head coach. Tonight, though, the focus is on getting back in the wind column against the LA Kings. Here's what Bones had to say about the visitors tonight. They're a great hockey club. Uh, Todd's done a wonderful job. His staff, they've got uh, that's a tough team to play against. That 1-3-1 one, one in the neutral zone and uh, the way they break out from it, it's very hard to, it's very hard to deal with for 60 minutes. And uh, the but they can score. There's no question. They've got three good lines, and they've got a lot of speed and a lot of skill and a lot of experience. That main core has been together a long time, and that helps. Uh, but they're a tough team uh, without the puck, and uh, certainly with the puck, and we know when the puck drops tonight, they'll be ready to go. All right, there's bones on the Kings, and um, you know, the Kings very close to the Jets in the standings. They have played one more game and are three points up on Winnipeg, 74-61. Uh, and 61. Winnipeg right now with 71 in 60. The thing that is so bizarre about the Kings, Reem, um, has been, I mean, this is a team that for a long time has sort of been relying more on defense than offense. Um, they've scored over 200 goals. They've also given up over 200 goals and actually come into tonight's game with a minus one goal differential for the season, which is in stark contrast to Edmonton at plus 28, 
and Vegas at plus 23, sandwiching them in the standings. Um, it hasn't been a lack of goal scoring, but man, Cal Peterson, Jonathan Quick, they just have not been able to make saves this year. And it's actually Phoenix Copley who's been sort of a great story this year as the guy that's going to get the start. And if I recall correctly, he got his first NHL start here in Winnipeg for the St. Louis Blues. Remember when Jake Allen was in that funk and they told him just to go home and they didn't even yes. bring him on that road trip? I'm pretty sure that was Phoenix Copley's first start in the National Hockey League. Um, but he's really making the most of his chance right now in L.A. And they're going to need to lean on him. And certainly for the Jets, they're going to hope to beat him early and often because goals have been in short supply as of late. Yeah, I think you might be right there. Uh, he was with the Blues before. And, you know, this season he's got 901 save percentage. Goals against is 274. And, yeah, goaltending has been a thing for the Kings. I wonder if they're going to make a trade at the deadline. Uh, we'll have to, you know, we got till Friday to find out. But I like what the Kings have done the last couple of years. Um, you know, they got uh, Victor Arvidsson was for low cost from Nashville. Uh, they traded for Kevin Fiala when Minnesota was up against the cap. Uh, Gabe Velarde had a really nice start to the season. You know, they got Quentin Byfield. I guess he's going to be up top. Dennis will fill us in better. And Drew Doughty, nice bounce back season. Mikey Anderson, he got the long contract as a shutdown guy. Uh, Sean Dersey, kind of underrated offensive defenseman. And there you got the veteran Alex Edler. So, I mean, these guys, Kopitar, I mean, he's been on a bit of a heater here lately. Kempe had that huge game on Dustin Brown night. So these guys can definitely score. But as you said, they uh, give him up too. And that's good news for a Jets team that is having trouble scoring goals. So. Uh, I think this will be, we'll, we'll see if we'll get that playoff intensity tonight. Yeah. The other thing I remember just back to Copley for a minute, because we sort of learned about him in that first start in the 15, 16 season. Um, he, uh, he's from North pole, Alaska. Yes. Right? <laughs> uh, one of those, uh, one of those hometowns that you just certainly just uh, can't forget. Uh, listen, he's played the majority of his career in the American hockey league. Uh, he did play 27 games for the Caps in 18-19. And uh, he's approaching, and this actually will match his career high in games played. It was 27th game for the LA Kings tonight. 901 on the season in 274. But when you consider what the Kings have been getting from Jonathan Quick and Cal Peterson, you understand why he's playing. Quick, an 876 and a 3.5 goals against average, and Cal Peterson, 8.68, and a 3.75. So Copley's been the guy. He'll get the start tonight going head-to-head -head with Connor Hellebuck. Back to Rick Bonus, though, and uh, you mentioned the situation this team is in and what he's expecting tonight is playoff-level intensity from the Winnipeg Jets. Here's how it sounded. Listen, it's playoff intensity right now. It is March 1st tomorrow. There's 22 games left, and we're just hanging on to a playoff spot. So how do we make sure it's their responsibility to understand the situation we're in? As I obviously, we, we're going to talk about it and bring it to their attention, and it's their responsibility to uh, understand it, accept it, and prepare for it. But it is this team tonight, it'll be playoff intensity. Our team tonight, it, we, we, we expect to be playoff intensity. It's been an ongoing conversation, those those types of things. How do you feel your, your team's reacted over the last 24 hours from, from the game? We're going to find out tonight when the puck drops. 
that's all we can do, right? We had a good practice yesterday. You, you, can, you can run all the meetings you want and all the preparation you want. When the puck drops, it's all about it, it comes down to being ready to go and being ready to battle. Like at this point, it's, it, players make mistakes. And it's, the mistakes aren't always based on a system. It's that's what, there's a big difference there. The system is not usually the the problem. The mis- players make mistakes. Uh, when that happens, you want to make sure you've got enough support. But the, the more intensity you play with, the more it's easier to cover up for those mistakes. All right, there's Rick Bonus. Well, third time's a charm on this homestand. Obviously, it was ugly on Friday night against the Avalanche. Um, Another dull one for the club on Sunday afternoon, but a big chance tonight against the LA Kings. We'll talk about the visitors and the Kings as well as what's happening around the league as we get closer to the trade deadline with Dennis Bernstein in just a second. Hey, a little warmer right now. We still do have some cold weather in the future. You better get that battery right, folks. And if you're in need of a battery for your car, your truck, or even that summer toy you're working on this winter, Manitoba Battery wants you to know they're the most convenient and well-priced option in the city. Put an order in for your battery around lunchtime and have it sitting on your doorstep in two to four hours for less money than you'd spend anywhere else in Winnipeg on the same battery. Basically, the Amazon of batteries in Winnipeg, but you're shopping local. No fighting for a parking spot at Costco. No waiting in line at Canadian Tire. No spending money on a battery at the big box store. Let Manitoba Battery bring the battery to you at the best price in town while you spend time in more important things. Give them a phone call or order online, manitobabattery.com. Let Manitoba Battery simplify your life. Um, Hey, spring is just around the corner, and the gang of Consolidated Supply is ready to go. They are your leaders in irrigation, artificial turf, Obviously, Golf Car and Golf Carts is the exclusive club car dealer here in Manitoba. Small engine parts. They've also got incredible landscaping options if you're working on a project in your backyard, including beautiful spas and hot tubs and outdoor kitchens. Find out everything the Consolidated Supply can do for you by popping down and seeing them in person. Joe Spicy and the gang would love to see you. 1395 Niaqua Road East. Or check out their new revamped website online at cte.ca. Uh, as we continue through February, folks, still welcoming in submissions for our unsung hero program with Wallace and Wallace and Jets defenseman Josh Morrissey. Send us an email to unsunghero at winnipegsportstalk.com and let us know about that person in your community or in your life that's making a difference with volunteer hours, community service, charity work, and more or maybe just that person in the community that everyone always leans on when they need a hand. Let us know about that person. Unsung Hero at WinnipegSportsTalk.com. This month's Unsung Hero winner will receive an autographed jersey from Jets All-Star defenseman Josh Morrissey. Wallace and Wallace will make a $500 donation to the Dream Factory in the name of the WST listener that nominated the Unsung Hero. And Josh and Margot Morrissey are going to match that donation as well. Uh, And just before we get to Dennis... Uh, If you're looking for great prices on natural and organic supplements, beauty products and groceries, and Winnipeg's largest selection and assortment of local products too, shop at any one of seven Vita Health Fresh Market stores or online at myvita.ca. February is heart month, gang. It's crucial to support this vital organ with omega-3 fatty acids. So supplement with RX omega-3 fish oil by Natural Factors. Help support cardiovascular growth, cognitive function, eye health, 
and helps with joint pain and flexibility. And it's on sale today at Vita Health. Vita Health Fresh Market, empowering people to lead healthy lives. Seven Winnipeg location, including the newest store in Linden Ridge. And online at myvita.ca. All right, Kings, Jets, lots going on in the trade market in the league. What better day to welcome in DB, Dennis Bernstein from the fourth period. Dennis, how are you, my friend? I'm doing great, Hustler. Isn't this a Western final preview? Jets, well, Kings, come on, let's Western go. Western final. Uh, <laughs> I'll be honest, Dennis. I mean, around here, um, there's concern about the direction that the Jets have been. I mean, they've lost 10 of their last 16 all in regulation. Um, it was fun being sniffing around first place right now, but um, this is a team that really needs to get some good vibes going and score some goals. What the, Fill us in on the Kings. Where are they at coming into this one? Well, they're, uh, what, 1-2-1 one, and one on this road trip. Uh, they're in the thick of things for the division uh, title, and they are a very different team, Hustler. And if anybody's followed the Kings over the last decade or so, this team's got offense. They're the third best power play in the NHL, which is stunning for me. And I've covered this team for 20 years. I think they're 12th in scoring. They're an exciting, up-tempo team that scores a lot of goals. They're not great on their, uh, the other side of the puck. And there's been a lot of talk about maybe a goaltending upgrade in the moment for the Kings. I, I just don't see it here by Friday. I, I do see something happening in the offseason. Maybe they chase uh, Thatcher Demko or some other options in free agency. But for right now... This is a team that, and this is true for the Kings, for the Jets, and a team that takes a big swing this year. Now, I know, and your team played Colorado the other day, and they, they look to get really healthy, but if they don't trade for a two-seat in Colorado, anybody can come out of the West right now. So it depends what Robley will do at the trade deadline. Jacob Trickens has been attached to this team for things like 10 years, but it's been about 18 months. Whether they make that trade or not, uh, depending on the ass. But this is a Kings team that can easily win the division. And it's not because they're so great. Other, and, and they're solid, right? They're on track for 99 points. They had 99 last year. You look at the other teams around in the, in the division, you say, okay, there's no world beaters in this division right now. Seattle's going backwards. Uh, there's another injury. Another day, another injury for Vegas. Edmonton, they need a defenseman. And, and Kenny Holland said it. So it's going to be really interesting to see how these last 20 games play out here in Los Angeles. Well, no doubt about it. I mean, you kind of mentioned it before you came on. We were sort of just going through some of the numbers. I mean, it's bizarre. I mean, they've got a negative goal differential this year, Dennis. Um, teams around them are plus 25, plus 30, yeah. yet there they are at minus one. And we were going through the goaltending numbers. I mean, my God, the numbers on Quick and Cal Peterson are so ugly. And that's yeah. a big reason why Phoenix Copley's been given this opportunity. And from the looks of it, he's been running with it. Yeah, well, the thing about the Kings with the goal differential, yeah, it's negative, but they won 18 one-goal games. So when they lose, they lose 5-2. They lose 4-1. When they lose, they win, when they win, they win 3-2. That's why you see that. So this is still a team that I think in this, in this conference can beat anybody, to be honest with you. Yeah, the goaltending, yes. Quick, it's a matter of trust. I wrote a column yesterday for the, uh, for the fourth period about, you know, is it about cost, about making trades for Cam Talbot or whoever, or, or is it a matter of trust? Can you trust Jonathan Quick at this point they have 20 games left to play six games and play well because I assume Copley's going to get 13 or 14. And Copley saved the season. Like, nobody saw this guy. He wasn't, it was a one line mentioned in the offseason when he signed to a one year deal. Uh, he saved the season. He hasn't been spectacular, but he's been, he hasn't given up those goals that shift momentum that sucked the soul out of the team. And that's what happened early in the season. The Pucks would just get through Quake, would get through Peterson. They wing Peterson. He's now in the AHL. He's playing better, but that's against an AHL team. Uh, and teams and, and shooters. 
Uh, and quick, he he won three straight before the loss in Madison Square Garden. But the question is, how much confidence do you have in this player? And here's the thing: if you make a trade, you can't have four healthy goaltenders, which is what they would have. You're not going to waive Jonathan Quick because he's the all timer here. He's the goat here for respect to goaltenders, and he's got about another 20 games left to his NHL season, possibly, and maybe not now playing past the regular season. If you waive Copley, he's going to get clean. Without question. So I, I think they stand patty on the goaltending. The one move they can make right now before Friday would be certainly left defense. And they could do that. Uh, that would certainly be an upgrade. Hey, I, I, you know, we're, listen, we are have come to know, I mean, Anje Kopitar and Kempe. Fiala's been a big addition. Yeah. But I was looking at the lines here, and I see Quinton Byfield um, riding shotgun with Kopitar and Kempe on that top line. Um, the numbers haven't been there yet for him, but... What um how's his season been and where is he at right now? Is he able to contribute and hang with these guys in the Kings top six? He can hang with them from uh, the little things. What he wasn't doing and why he was on the bottom six, uh, he wasn't even doing the little things, like being responsible in his own zone, supporting in the offensive zone on on the floor check. But now and in I have a great relationship with Cobra Tron. I talked about Byfield with him a couple of weeks back. He's doing the little things now, Hustler. But what he needs to do, if you're going to play 15 to 17 minutes in live, uh, on the top line, you got to start doing the big things. And that's a ch- challenge with Quinton. He has seven goals in 70 games. And, and I know it's tough making the comparison, but when you look at the guy who was drafted after him in Ottawa, that, that's a big miss for LA right now. If you had Tim Stuttle on this team, wow, you might be making plans for a parade. So, But he, he's making strides. But also, what you want to see in the last 20 and beyond, because I'm assuming they're going to be in the playoffs, is to, him to start – contributing offensively, and not just secondary assists, but goals. Um, so we'll see what happens with him. They, he still might be a center on this team, but to get him playing time in the league, the only real spot for this for him on this team with respect to the depth in the middle, because they have Kopitar, they have Deneau, and Blake Lazat, who's an unsung hero who never gets enough credit, would be to play on left wing. So he's adapting to the NHL game. He still hasn't product, uh, produced at the level that you want for a second overall pick. All right, well, Dennis, let's get to some of the scuttlebutt around uh, the league. And, and you mentioned Jacob Chikrin, and he's a guy that we've heard in connection with a number of teams, but maybe most the Los Angeles Kings. Um, he's seemingly been on the block for a year and a half. I mean, what do we know about the ask from the Coyotes and any speculation as to why it hasn't been done and even will it get done before Friday? No, well, but the guy hasn't played since, what, March 10th? Or February tenth, right? So that's that's trade related reasons. Yeah, but this you know people say, well, the PH get involved. You can healthy scratch a player. There's no rule against it. Now, is it fair to him? No, because and for the acquiring team, if it happens by Friday, though, because he hasn't played in the game for three weeks, and that and the guy who's susceptible to injury, it's the last thing you want him. Now I know he practices with the team. Here's the issue, right now, and I get it. I'm sure I'm staying steady with respect to it. Say, ask two first round picks and a prospect. That's a lot. Like, if you think he's the guy to put you over, then fine. Is he going to put over the Kings? Does that now put them in the class with Tampa or with Boston or Carolina or the Devils or the Rangers? I don't think so. And that's the challenge. It's the it's a massive ask. And, and I think Jacob Trigger, look, I've been saying, yeah, yeah, he's a fit here in L.A. for that, that year and a half. This for me promoting it, saying they need to trade him. But is he a, is he a top tier defenseman, hustler, or is he a three, a really good three on a championship team? And I think that's where the value or the ask is too much because that's what I think he is. I don't think he's not a Norris Trophy winner in the future. 
He's not Kale McCarr. He's not Rasmus Dalmin. He's really good. I think he's just a cup below it. And until Ancho comes off that ask of two firsts and a prospect, it's probably not going to get done. Now, what happens if it doesn't have, get happen by Friday? Well, then the ask is going to go down because anybody that trades for him in the offseason is going to get it for two playoff runs, not three playoff runs. So accordingly, the price may come down. Rob Blake's really conservative here in Los Angeles. He's made moves that were prudent, that were smart. You mentioned these Fiala trade, which has worked out phenomenally. But he's not in the rest to make this deal. So would they like Chicken? Are they interested? Of course they are. That's just a big ass for that player, who I just think is a, is a really great 3C. So he's not worth the ass right now for at least for Los Angeles. You know what? I, I, I question whether it even gets done. I mean, Bill Armstrong has been so steadfast that this was the price and it still hasn't happened, especially with all the other moves that have already been made, mainly by teams out in the East. Um, let's talk about a few of these deals so far. Before we even get to, to Timo Meyer, what was your reaction on the weekend when you saw what Tampa gave up for Tanner Janot in uh, Nashville? Um, I don't know. I think that GM knows what he's doing. I, I, I like it. I, I like it, Custer, because now it shows some creativity from GMs in this league, which has never happened before, right? Like, oh, third team's in, retention, getting a mid-round pick. Like, thank you. So if it's if it takes Julia Breesbaugh to move the needle, to, to throw in extra picks and supplemental picks, that's what he said. He said, look, the players that the draft picks that we give up are probably not going to be NHL players. I get it. It's a lot for Tanner Janelle. It's not so much for last season's Tanner Janelle, but this season's yes, because he hasn't scored any goals. But I love it. I think it's great. I love the creativity because I'm with him. And look, first of all, congratulations on your Chiefs. It failed to do that. So uh, <laughs> thank you. I'm a Rams fan. Like, yeah, the Rams won five games because they traded all their picks for great players, but they won a Super Bowl. So I think that's what you're going to start to see is you're going to see supplemental picks on teams that need some draft capital. Um, I love that type of trade. I think it's Ed. Look, I forget who the guy was for, for the Nets. They traded him for five second round picks in the NBA. I forget who it was. Jay Crowder. Yeah, it's Jay, yeah, Jay Crowder. Exactly right. I'd love to see that type of trade. Trade a player for five second round picks or three seconds and five. Because I get it. Like it takes, a, like I see it here in Los Angeles, like half half the first round picks for the LA Kings of the last six. It's a mixed bag. You've got Clark, you've got Byfield, but you also got Bielford who can't seem to get in the game. And you got uh, Kupari who's a, a fourth liner at this point in time. You've got Filardi who's emerged. It's a really a mixed bag. So I love the aggressiveness of Brisbane. It didn't shut. It shocked me when you saw that the, the quantity, but then you saw what team made that trade and they know what they're doing. So I loved it from that from there. Well, and, and one other thing that, um, and I'm just interested in your perspective on this, because I mean, in today's NHL, we spend so much time talking about analytics and looking at charts and whatnot. The one thing that this trade tells me is that teams that know what it takes to win in the playoffs are prioritizing physicality, intensity, the ability to play rough, the ability to play big in the playoffs. And I think Jeannot is a perfect example. I mean, when you look at the cost for Jeannot compared to some of the other more elite offensive players, it's very comparable. And this is the player that's bringing something very, very different to a team that maybe more than anyone in the National Hockey League knows what it takes to win in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And remember also, they treated two firsts for Brandon Hagel. And people said, oh, Brandon Hagel. But look at his numbers this year. He's the, almost a point-again player. Well, and he they makes up $1.5 I mean, he had term on yeah, his contract. Exactly. That's the other thing. I mean, Janot comes in on an 850 deal. 
they'll get a new deal presumably in the offseason and they have them under team control. But all of this, I mean, there is a premium to play to get a player that can come in, deliver what you want, but also fit under the cap issues that most of the good teams in the league have. Well, fortunately for Tampa, they were looking for a player like that, like a player for like a, they would have. They were interested in Barbasha and maybe the Bar Barabanov guy from San Jose, that type of player who's inexpensive. And because you have such studs and you have such a great core, that that type of player at that price is going to work very well for Tampa Bay. It may be not for other teams, but for this team that doesn't care, that knows they're going to be picking twenty-five to thirty somewhere in the draft order every season. They can go do that. So, yeah, I applaud Julian Bisball because he's thinking outside the box. And and I think that given the NHL is a copycat league, hustler, you're going to start seeing this more and more. I think you're going to see these deals where, you know, four or five assets might be thrown into a deal and like, wow, we're not really used to that as either media or fans of this league. Well, it's certainly made for an interesting week. We'll see if there's anything left coming up on, uh, on Friday. You know, one of the, uh, speaking of the defense market, I know Darren Drager is reporting that there's action picking up on Blues defenseman Colton Pareko. Um, and, and I'm trying to wrap my head around what team, what market makes sense for Colton Pareko. And listen, guy can certainly play. He can help a team right now. But I'll be honest, Dennis. I mean, in today's cap world, seven more seasons taking him well into his late 30s is uh, uh, it is something that might be a pretty significant albatross later on. How risky of an addition would Colton Pareko be for teams, regardless of the price, just knowing what you've committed to for the player for seven more years? It's real risky to get this season's Pareko. If you a couple seasons back, maybe it's not so risky. Yeah, I, I don't. And like this talk of JT Miller as well. Like that, that it's the op. Like there's 17 teams at LTIR. Everybody's talking about against the cap. You're going to transfer a guy for that term and that price? Really? Like what are you sending back? Like it's going to be a dollar for a dollar transaction. So I, I get it. There will be interest, of course. And look, Army's looking to blow it up, and I get it. Like, he was loyal to his team, and then they showed him that they weren't ready to win. So it was time to move on, which is totally fine. Um, I, I just don't see it. I don't see it in the moment. Also, I, I, It's too big of a deal, and there's too much that have to be moved around to think it happens by Friday. Could they trade him in the offseason? Of course they could. But again, training for players with that long a term, it's kind of going against the flow of what's happening in this league that right now with respect to trades. Uh, as far as the guys that haven't been traded yet, I, I remember Patrick Kane making public comment about how disappointed he was when the Rangers went and picked up Tarasenko, seemingly assuming that that meant that they couldn't pick him up, and yet he's number one on TSN's trade bait board, and we're hearing that he could be going to MSG. Uh, first of all, do you think that's going to happen, and how can the Rangers pull this off? Well, first of all, we will have fatigue from Jacob Chikrin and Patrick Kane rumors already, so that, that that's the first thing we'd like to get away He's going to New York. I mean, it, it, the, the stage is set. They, they put position on waivers. They've moved the route players. They've traded grass up. This is going to happen. But because of cap space and they have, they, they played with less players. Now, the other thing that helps them is the contrary Miller suspension because now he's suspended, so they have a roster spot. So I, I think this happens by Friday. It's a question of of when, not if, hustle. This is going to happen. Um, not sure what the return's going to be, but yeah, just all the machinations that the Rangers have had done over the last seven to 10 days, it all lines up for Patrick Kane landing at MSG, which I'm sure the network's going to love. Having Patrick Kane in the playoffs at MSG. And, and Hustler, that first round, Devils, Rangers, what a banger. Holy cow. If he comes to New York, which I assume he will, with Timo Mari going to Jersey, that's going to be some first round. But yeah, I think it's just a matter of time. The clock's sticking. I think by the time we get to Friday, Patrick Kane will be there. 
Dennis, the two three games in both of both of the Eastern Conference divisions are going to be. Uh, I mean, when you think about what Tampa's done, what Toronto's done, the addition yeah. that the Rangers and Jersey have made. I mean, there are going to be two teams out after two weeks of the Stanley Cup tournament that have paid a significant price to give them the best chance to make it out. And I mean, that is the risk and reward, particularly in the East right now, which kind of been joking is sort of the varsity division right now in the NHL, while the JV right now is the uh, is the West with a bunch of teams that, you know, would be barely playoff teams or contending for a playoff spot if they were in the East as opposed to where they are right now in the West. And it's it's funny, Hustle, because it, when you look at that, you would think, okay, some team in the West should take a big swing because you can get at this year. Like maybe Colorado team, but maybe they're not. They don't really have the two seed that's re- replacing Nas Kadri. Instead, it's all the East teams that, like you said, and I know people talk about, oh, they should reseed one to eight. It'd be the same matchups. Toronto and, and Tampa would be four five. I think Rangers would be and Devils would be three six. There's no change. Guess what? You got to play good teams in the playoffs. You got to play hundred point teams in the first round. That's why this trophy is so damn great because it's so hard to win it. Like it is no easy. Ter- also, give me the last team that people said, "Oh, they had it easy to win the cup. They they turned it was easy. They just braced through. It wasn't the seeding was easy. It's never happened." And that's the challenge. That's the issue. So yeah, like yes, the, the East is going to be a bear. Not only the top, but thankfully at the bottom, the wild card spots are just as contentious. And there's five teams for two spots. It's great to see in in the West. There's, what, nine teams for eight spots at this point in time. There's actually more competition, even though the East is the better varsity division, as you say. There actually is a better race for the wild cards in, in the East than in the West. It's a really crazy season, well, but it's way better than last season when we knew the eight teams at Christmas time in the East. Oh, oh, listen, the East has been so much fun to follow right now. And, I mean, you know, with the recent play of the Buffalo Sabres and the Detroit Red Wings, albeit they lost last night in Ottawa. They got a huge matchup tonight with the Sens. And these are the teams that have the uh, the games to make up. I mean, the Florida Panthers right now that are sitting there with 61 games already played, and now 1-2-3 with 11th place. I mean, they're in Tampa tonight. I mean, there are some teams. Uh, there's, but I'm happy to see like a team like Buffalo and a team like Detroit at least be in the mix. I mean, before you can do anything, you have to be playing meaningful games down the stretch. They're doing that. Whether they make it, we'll see. Back to the trade board, though. I mean, for the guys that haven't been traded right now, Dennis, um, we've heard a lot about Gavrikov in, in Columbus. Not sure whether that wasn't more maybe smoke from the GMs trying to pump up a guy's uh, uh, a guy's value. But it seems that um, they haven't had the taker for him, and he's more of a third option for teams that are looking to improve their blue line. I think they got blindsided by the Orloff deal in Boston. I think that or Columbus. If that that's what happened, I, I don't think they wanted to give up a first round pick for um, for Gavrikov. And so all of a sudden, Orloff comes on them, and Orloff's your third pair. Is on your third pair? Hustle. Like they're going for it, right? You if you're a Bruins fan, you love this season, and you love your GM going for it by trading for a guy like Orloff. So yeah, they're trying to get a first round pick, but it's probably going to have to go down to three p.m. Eastern on Friday to for for. Uh, for Keck to get that first round pick because he's probably a second round pick. Although you look at the comparables, like a David Sabor, right? Who got, I believe, got a first round pick and plus for Kolov. He's trying to replicate that with Gavrikov. I, I don't think he gets there, and they haven't talked about it in extension. But I, I think you got to move on. They got to get more assets for this team. They're they're the worst team in the East at this point. So I, I think you just try to hold out for that first. A desperate team maybe is an injury in the next couple of days. But other than that, you probably get a second and a prospect for Gavrikov at this point in time. I just think that Columbus got blindsided because they didn't think Boston 
was tracking other players, and then pop, you know, all of a sudden, Orloff comes up on them more. Well, at Academy Adventure, I got a first rounder for the uh, for the Habs last year. I mean, the market has been crazy for defensemen at times, and I think they still are holding out. We've got some breaking news. We were just talking about Patrick Kane, Dennis. Our pal Frank Cervelli over at Daily Faceoff has said, sources tell Daily Faceoff the Rangers are expected to acquire Patrick Kane for a 2023 second-round pick, can become a first, and a fourth-round pick. Rangers and Blackhawks plan to conduct a three-team trade call tonight, and it's possible that Kane will make his Rangers debut Wednesday in Philadelphia against the Flyers. Uh, Worst-kept secret in hockey, but if this is, in fact, the return, I've got to say I think the Rangers did pretty well on this just because they didn't have a lot of leverage knowing that they were the only team, or I should say the Blackhawks did quite well, knowing that yeah. it was only going to get go to this one particular team. And this really feels a lot like the Andrew Kopp deal last year, which was a second-round yeah. pick and Morgan Barron. Yeah. And, of course, the Rangers won two rounds, so that second-rounder turned into a late first-rounder with the Jets' Scott Brad Lambert. But uh, what do you make of the deal as far as Frank's reporting? Yeah, you're right about the uh, the Hawks being boxed in because he's only good. He had full control, and that's what they have with it, Emmett. See, you want to control where you go. Uh, best they could do. Like second, conditional second to cut terms over first, and they go deep in the fourth. Look, you make the deal, move on, Hustler. It's as simple as that. Like that, you get some assets for the guy. You're not going to get, you know, four four picks for the guy, four assets. So I like the trade for both sides. Now you have Tarasenko and Kane on the right side, which you want to go to war with it. When you looked at before the Tarasenko trade, before this deal, I, I, I did the math. The Rangers' four right wingers had 27 goals. So Tarasenko and Kane changes that dynamic, and it's something that you really need to load up. So I commend both sides because Patrick needed to move on. Um, Hoss did best they can with respect to that return. Hey, before we go, DB, uh, what did you think of uh, Carolina acquiring Jesse Pugliarvi? Um, I mean, obviously Edmonton Oilers needed the cap space, but uh, Carolina gets a pretty talented young guy that you know will have an opportunity to see if he can fit and help them win some hockey games uh, at a very low-risk acquisition for a team that had a ton of cap space. They're building the Finnish Mafia in Carolina, obviously. Yeah. Oh, Emmy. Uh Look, fresh start. Uh, didn't produce, although he played with all-world players in Edmonton. Like, a, a smart move. Um, they, they didn't need help with the split. Look, he's not replacing Pacioretty. And so they were chasing O'Reilly. They chased a lot better players. If this is a last-chance last shot for, for Pugliarvi, who, you know, was drafted, what, third overall? So he, he has potential. Maybe realizing they're playing with those that that team in a different style of team in Carolina. Maybe he's better defensively. I know his metrics are great, but uh, he's never produced in Edmonton, so they're taking the flyer on. It's a nice trade for uh, Carolina. Hey, busy, busy week for you, Dave, and the guys over at the fourth period. Uh, what's coming up on Friday? And uh, just maybe fill people in on uh, everything over at the site right now as we get closer to the deadline. Well, I don't believe you can see any so network in Canada, so Dave's going to be correspond for that but you can check him out on on twitter and i'll be hosting uh three to six eastern on nhl network radio uh, with steve coolies on the power play so we'll probably do a recap we will we do do a recap of uh all the trade activity on friday and leading up to friday so it's going to be a bit you're right it's already been busy my wife's already complaining all my song the entire night so uh uh, we can't wait till Friday and uh, get past it and then get the stretch run for the Stanley Cup. Oh, my God, Dennis. I'm just imagining Cooley on deadline day. I mean, this guy <laughs> has unbridled energy 24-7, 365. But, 
Um, I have a feeling Coolius might even be more jacked up if it's possible than he normally is on Friday. That's a good bet. Take the over on that with respect to his energy. For sure, Hustler. <laughs> hey, thanks so much for doing this, Dennis. Always great to catch up. Enjoy this game tonight. Always great being on Winnipeg Sports Talk with you, bud. Talk to you soon. Thanks so much. Dennis Bernstein, make sure you're uh, following what the guys are up to over at the fourth period as well. All right, we're going to focus in with the uh, Jets in just a moment with Mike McIntyre. Of course, tonight, Nino Niederreiter's Jets debut wearing number 62. Want to be the first guy with a 62 jersey? Head on down to Royal Sports before the game. Maybe they can hook you up and get that sucker done up just in time for you to make your debut in your Niederreiter jersey at the game. Of course, Royal Sports is the number one fan quarter, fan headquarters for Winnipeg sports fans with jerseys, merchandise, thousands of exclusives as well for your Winnipeg Jets, incredible Winnipeg Blue Bomber gear, and the best of the National Football League, NBA, Major League Baseball, and teams from around the NHL. Of course, they're also Winnipeg's hockey superstore. Great deals on right now. Savings up to 50% on sticks, including Warrior brand. And, of course, your snowboard headquarters as well. As uh, many people getting ready for a little bit of a, a trip out to hit the slopes sometime in March and in and around spring break. Royal Sports, proud sponsors of WST since day one. 750 Pemina Highway. And you can also follow them on Instagram for the latest merchandise drops and sale information over at Royal Sports Pembina on IG. Um, fellas, if you're thinking about upping your wardrobe, only one place to go, and that is F Apparel down at 190 Smith Street. F Apparel for years has been the leader in men's clothing and custom suits for men, beginning at just $400. They also got... Great custom shirts, both untucked and tucked styles, golf pants, chinos, and tons of men's accessories and more. And hey, if you're in a wedding party for the upcoming year, don't waste your money renting tuxes and taking them back. Talk to the gang at F Apparel about custom suits for the entire wedding party that you can wear long after the big day. And when you get your suits for the wedding party at F Apparel, 15% discount for the entire wedding party. And by the way, don't forget about that great deal for 2023 grads as well. Free custom shirt and tie with any custom suit for a 2023 high school grad. 190 Smith Street downtown. And check them out online or make an appointment at F. That's E-P-H apparel.com. And hey, Jets back at it tonight. Next best place to be other than Canada Life Center is at your local Boston Pizza with the gang. Pick a player contest at most local BPs for Winnipeg Jets hockey. The big game on the big screen with big sound. And you'll also be able to enjoy the world-famous Boston Wings, ice-cold schooners, BP's gourmet pizzas, and more. If you can't make it out to BP, order online at bostonpizza.com. All right. Closing in on 9,000 subs, folks. We've got over 420 people in the chat. Welcome anyone that's new. If you haven't already, make sure you hit that red subscribe button. Join us daily, 1 p.m. We're live on Winnipeg Sports Talk here, focusing on the Winnipeg Jets, National Hockey League, and all the big stories in sports from a bit of a Winnipeg angle. And, of course, we're also available on your favorite podcast feed. Search Winnipeg Sports Talk and hit the subscribe button. All right. Let's get Mike McIntyre in here. So much to get to around the Winnipeg Jets as we're three days away from the trade deadline. Mike, what's going on? How are you? Hey, Huss. I'm great. Uh, 
finally made it back from the Big Apple. I don't know if uh, when we last spoke, I was in New York. I had to take the long road home, uh, Winnipeg, or sorry, New York to Winnipeg by way of Phoenix, uh, which is not the traditional route, but it was nice to spend 12 hours, 12 unexpected hours in the desert. And uh, even made it home in time for puck drop on uh, Friday. First time, first time I've ever gone to Canada Life Center with a suitcase uh, because uh, Weber and I actually came straight straight from the airport on uh, on Friday afternoon just in time for puck drop. But good to be home. Uh, I don't know if the Jets are feeling that way since they're 0 for 2 on this homestand. They get one last crack at it tonight. But uh yeah, always nice to be back in the peg. Well, it, it's funny. I mean, Kenny, and we saw your little cameo behind him yes. when he joined us from the airport in Mesa or wherever you guys were. <laughs> this is a very missed opportunity for a true reboot of planes, trains, and automobiles with you guys as the Candy and Martin characters trying <laughs> to make it back from uh, from New York City just in time for game time. Um, let, me, let me just say this. I'm on a three-road trip streak of having my return flight canceled and being uh, stranded at least an extra day on the road. So um, all bets are on for what's going to happen uh, next week when I'm off to uh, Florida and then Raleigh uh, to finish out the road trip. I'm already banking on at least an extra day in uh, in Carolina. Looking forward to that one, Huss. I complete my NHL arena bingo card. Uh, Sunrise is the one and only facility that I have yet to uh, step foot in. Uh, so next Saturday night, when I uh, when I cover the Jets at the Panthers, uh, I will officially have uh, completed my my trip through the entire NHL. Well, you know, we need a, like a Madden cruiser for uh, for yeah. the, the Winnipeg media. We could jump on it, Kenny, Rennie, the whole Absolutely. crew. Now we're talking. We'll work on that for next season. Um, we could. I'll tell you what. We could pay for that if we just had like a pay per view live stream from the from the bus. Uh, it would be rated. Uh, well, it would be rated R, I suspect. Um, but the revenue that we might generate might actually pay for itself. Well, let's 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 work on that. Uh, Jets have lots to work on right now. I mean, that was a miserable weekend. Uh, and, and, you know, unfortunately, I mean, yesterday's show, you know, we spent a lot of time and I was rattled and the fans were rattled um, of the way that they played it. And, and here, it, here it is, Mike. I mean, we knew the struggles on the road trip. We heard Rick Bonus say that Friday night was the biggest performance, the biggest game of the season. Um, they no-show in the first period, give up a... 19 second breakaway goal to Nate McKinnon down 4-1 in the first period. That game's pretty much over. And then when Rick Bonus said that, you know, Sunday is going to be a great test of our character and pride. Sometimes this game does that. Here's where we are. Um, they get one shot on net against the New York Islanders in the first period and end up getting shut out. Uh, uh, it, it does, it, it, it does feel somewhat deja vu um, because we've seen, late season swoons before is this in your opinion something that is a repeat of past performances by teams of the winnipeg jets or is there more to it or people making too much of it that 
you know, there will be slumps over the course of the season. And this is the one for a team that had played pretty well and pretty consistently up to about four to six weeks ago. Yeah, I mean, we're starting to get out of the small sample size that you could just say, okay, it's just a short-term blip. I mean, the Jets just have six wins over their last 16 games. Like, we're now talking 20% of the season, uh, a 16-game stretch. That's that's significant. Um, they have about one more, you know, well, 22 games left. So they've got they've got a quarter of the season left here to kind of get the ship turned around in the right direction, but the runway that they had built, of course, um, you know, where they had a double digit lead on a playoff spot. And I don't think anybody was thinking even a few weeks ago that this team now has to worry about who's in ninth in the West and whether or not they're going to catch them. Uh, but that's the reality. The Calgary flame, you know, the jets come into today. They're in seventh in the West in points. They're actually in eighth. If you go by win percentage, Seattle, uh, beats them by a tick there. And the Calgary Flames, who also have 22 games left, just like the Jets, are now just five points in arrears. And so a playoff spot is no longer a lock. Um, you know, that being said, there are certainly some troubling signs about this team, some bad habits, some old habits, uh, that I think is why a lot of fans around here are ready to hit the panic button because. We've kind of seen this movie play out before. The only difference this time is you have a different coach. And it's kind of refreshing to hear Rick Bonus come out, you know, both barrels blazing like he did again yesterday about his team. He's certainly saying all the right things, whether or not it's resonating in that room. You know, we're going to learn a lot about this core and how fragile they may or may not be. And I think... That's part of what bringing in Rick Bonus was all about this year, Huss. Not just trying to, you know, compete, but also trying to get a a real clear picture. If you're Kevin Shoveldayoff and the organization, on, you know, what players you want to build this this organization around, and it's time for some players to, you know, the old saying, put up or shut up. Like we're getting to that point, and Rick Bonus has laid a number of challenges down specifically at the feet of his top players. Uh, it, their problems go well beyond their their top guys right now. They're getting no scoring at all from the bottom six. Um, you know, it just seems like everything's going wrong. Connor Hellebuck's now had kind of a rare stinker the other night. Um, so, you know, the, it's on them. It's in that room to come up with the answers. We haven't seen the response yet. And I suspect this next week or so is going to be pretty telling about where this team is going because uh, right now they they look more pretender than contender for sure. Well, and, and um you know just stepping up um part of the the concern about well basically both games on the weekend was the lack of energy, intensity, Nothing. focus um and, you know, I saw, we were talking a little bit earlier about Brady Kachuk. And, I mean, you know, he was challenging the entire Red Wings bench to fight last night and saying to his teammates, who's with me and all that. And, you know, I got thinking, I mean, this is exact. This is exactly why I'd be loath to even consider trading Rucker McGrory, to be perfectly honest with you, when it comes to the practices, uh, comes to the trade deadline and the prospects. He is that guy yeah. That has some comparisons to those sort of kachucks about uh, that can be, and it's crazy. We're talking about a kid that's never even been here, 
But I mean, you look forward to, you want to have that emotional leader that can bring bring his teammates on his back. Josh Morrissey did that in the St. Louis game yes. earlier this year. And then, of course, they went into the uh, the um, playoff All-Star. break or the uh, the All-Star yeah. break and came back with the win against Chicago and the shootout win against St. Louis, Seattle. Since then, though, Mike... I mean, the, the emotional level of this team has been as low as I've seen it all year long. And I think Rick Bonus is looking down his bench going, who is going to step up? And no one has done it yet. And that's why, to me, this is such a big, big game for the Winnipeg Jets to try to finish off this homestand on a positive note. And bottom line is, they need points. They need results right now. Who is going to be the guy to to lead the way for that? And I think we're still waiting for an answer on it. We are. And, uh, you know, they've got one win in their last six. And you could argue they didn't really deserve that win. That was the Connor Hellebuck uh, grand theft larceny uh, in in Madison Square Garden. You know, now eight days ago, that seems like a lifetime ago for these Jets. And you're right, Huss, tonight is massive. After tonight, they don't play again till after the trade deadline, Um, you know, till Friday. And that five-point cushion on the Calgary Flames who played tonight and Thursday, I believe. I mean, there's a scenario, as crazy as it is, that the Jets get go to trade deadline Friday with a one-point buffer on a playoff spot. One point out of being out of a playoff spot. And who would have thought that, right, when we were talking about the trade deadline? And uh, so, for sure, I mean, this is a huge game. Um, the Jets need two points, regardless of what it looks like. But You'd also like to see some some semblance of a team that that has that emotion, has that passion. You know, you talk about uh, Brady Kachuk. Um, you know, I, I look back, a guy that we just saw and, and chatted with in New York last week, Jacob Truba, former Jet. Look at earlier in the year, Huss. I think everybody saw the clip when his Rangers were scuffling. There was that clip where Jacob Truba went nuts. He threw his helmet as he went off the ice and and that was more directed at his teammates trying to wake them up uh, because he didn't like what he, what he was seeing. You're right. We haven't seen that passion and Rick bonus is on record as saying, you know, he hates when his teams are passive, when they play on their, on their heels. And I think that's been the biggest shock that as lifeless as the jets were, especially these last two home games, other than what Sam Gagne dropping the gloves a couple games ago, like there's been, there's been no real big hits. There's been nobody, you know, I guess Pierre-Luc Dubois the other day kind of tried to get his team fired up. But it's just been, you know, the Jets look like they're just kind of going through the motions. And I get that, you know, sports is so much between the ears, right? Like it's so, so much mental. And the Jets right now are obviously feeling it. Uh, but they got to find a way out of it. And maybe they get a boost tonight with, you know, Nino Niederreiter. It's unfortunate that it looks like there's the potential that just as he joins the lineup, that maybe Dubois and we know Appleton is not going to play tonight. So almost feels like one step forward, two steps back in terms of the roster. But, um, you know, maybe Nino Niederreiter comes in and we know the kind of game he can play. Um, you know, did the Jets get a boost from him? They need something. They need to score the first goal. They need to to throw a big hit. They need an early fight. They need something to get them into this game. Because uh, I suspect the LA Kings, I've watched the Kings quite a bit this year. 
Um, you know, they, they play a pretty hungry kind of game. They got like Brendan Lemieux and a few other agitators. I suspect the Kings, who are at the end of a long road trip, they're going to bring their game tonight. They need points too. Uh, and so the Jets better be ready for what they're going to face. Yeah, and, and I mean, listen, fairly or unfairly, I think it is fairly based on what these guys make and their prominence on the club. But, I mean, we're not looking at some at the bottom six, which has been a black hole for offense for, well, the majority of the season, to be honest, but especially the last 20, 30 games to be the guys that step up. It has been, it, it, it needs to be Mark Shifley, Nikolai Ehlers, Kyle Connor. Pierre-Luc Dubois, and hopefully a nice boost from the newly acquired Nito Niederreiter to get it right. done. And, of course, Connor Hellebuck in net and Josh Morrissey leading the way on the back end. Um, and most of those players, especially the forwards, have just looked lost over the course of the past couple of weeks. And, you know, you mentioned, we talked about, you know, Rick Bonus wanting passion and energy, and I remember him commenting earlier on in the season when – Things weren't going well, and he mentioned how quiet that bench was. Yeah, um, He'll be looking for somebody to step up in that way, but realistically, your top guys are going to have to lead the way and get back on track offensively as this team is going to get back to winning hockey games. Yeah, and I mean, you know, it's interesting. We, those of us who've, you know, been in this community know how how much of a weapon Canada Life Center can be when the Jets are going, right? Like when when things are going well, when good things are happening, when the Jets are cooking, that building can be rocking. And the Jets, we've seen many times in the past, it can be an asset. Lately, though, and these two home games, these two recent games in particular, the the disgruntlement you know, at times the the anger that is in that crowd, and I get it. I mean, people are paying a lot of money, Huss, to come watch uh, these games, and they're not liking what they're seeing. The Jets earlier this year, they were a really likable, lovable group that was easy to get behind. Win, win or lose, you know they were working their tails off. And, you know, again, it goes back to, when they were shorthanded, when they had a bunch of their big weapons out of the lineup, this team was not getting outworked. The passion, the emotion was always there, the compete. It just seems like these last few weeks, that's gone by the wayside, that for whatever reason, and again, it maybe goes back to just some old habits, the Jets think they can kind of skill their way out of out of problems, and we know that's generally not the case. And so, you know, it, it, it almost feels like right now it's snowballing. And so, you know, when a power play starts off with a couple failed zone entries, you can already hear the rumblings in the crowd. Like, here we go again. When they're when they take seven or eight minutes to get a shot on goal and then the Bronx cheer when the goalie lets a couple in early, more Bronx cheers, you know, the shoot the puck chance. Like, it almost feels right now the the crowd is in the Jets' heads along with many other things, and that's why it just goes to – I mean, they got to find a way to get the crowd behind them early tonight. Again, I don't care if it's hey, a big here's a way. Here's a way to do that. Come out with a significantly better effort than you showed early on against Colorado and New right. York. I mean, I was in the stands for both of those games, and I felt the frustration of people. And – you know, even on the Sunday game, you know, there was a lot of kids there. They were kind of getting, trying to get some chance going. But, man, it is really tough for the crowd to be the catalyst 
of of putting the energy and i mean the crowd feeds off of what this team brings and um and that's what's been so concerning i think especially for rick bonus now you've been following the team all year long i had brought this up early on in the road trip that you were on after the new jersey game i believe that rick bonus was singing a bit of a different tune right now um you know he'd been pretty consistent with the messaging throughout the year and you know, when things like that third period had happened in New Jersey, you know, had often been very forthright. Now, Pete said it was completely self-inflicted, but we have seen him. And after the game against the Rangers that they won on Connor Hellebuck's brilliance was really focusing in on the positives. Um, yeah. Like I, I've often said to coaches, you know, and I'll ask them off air, how much is it X's and O's and how much of the job is being a sports psychologist? And if they're honest, they'll tell you probably more than 50% is on the psychology side. Right. Uh, I think this is the biggest challenge for Rick Bonus right now with the mental makeup of this team and what he can do to try to give them the best chance to snap out of this and get back to playing the way everybody knows that they're capable of. Yeah, and we, we saw that again after the Colorado game. And that, it was so interesting to hear the way Rick Bonus almost tried to dress up that avalanche uh sorry the the game on sunday against the islanders oh it's rick he, bonus's baghdad bob routine yeah i mean he tried he he put lipstick on the proverbial pig uh after the game sunday and then it was interesting yesterday on monday to hear him kind of walk back that praise and and you know more or less admit yeah i kind of lied to you guys in and you know and the reason for that is he said that he hadn't talked to his players yet. And I give Rick bonus respect for this. Uh, I give him respect for all kinds of things. I, I think he's just been a breath of fresh air around here, but Rick bonus has, has said that he's not going to say anything in the media that he hasn't already told his players. And he said, after the game Sunday, he admitted this to us on Monday that he was so angry at his team's lack of urgency and effort and execution that he didn't really go even talk to the players before he came and met with us. And so he, you know, and I get it. He didn't want to rip his team publicly before he'd done it privately. But it sounds like there was a bit of a uh, a come to Jesus meeting yesterday morning, Huss, before practice. And then practice yesterday, my goodness, I can't believe Rick Bonus even had a voice to talk to us. I've been at pretty much every Jets practice this year, certainly every home practice and most of the ones on the road. Rick Bonus has never been that vocal, that animated. Uh, he was fired up, and you know, and he, he's trying to almost will his team into battle. And we'll see if they respond tonight. But uh, you're right. I mean, it does feel like he's 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 obviously had time now to kind of learn about what makes this group tick, what works, what doesn't work. And you know, there's some there's some history, there's some baggage, if you will with some of these players that I suspect he's he's trying to navigate and kind of stick handle around to kind of find a way to get them going. And he's tried moving guys up and down the lineup. He's reduced ice time. He's switched the lines. Um, at the end of the day, it's on these players to now find a way to respond. And, you know, it starts tonight. Well, uh, and of course, we'll see Nito Niederreiter make his uh, Jets debut. Hopefully that can be a real positive addition to the lineup. And 
as you've said, we're looking for this compete, you know, win some battles. And and the thing is, you can just tell how out of sorts this team has been because of how many passes there are in skates, guys running yeah. into each other. I mean, it, it just doesn't make any sense, but it's got to get... Guys falling. Like, how many players just fell the other night? It was like their joystick got disconnected. Like, it, it didn't even make sense. Uh, and Bones talked about that yesterday as well. And I mean, uh, you know, I don't think anyone has an answer for it. Bottom line is it's got to change. But let me ask you this, Mike, because this entire season was predicated on the Jets management's belief that they've got the players, they've got a good team, they needed a fresh change, they needed a bit of a culture change, they needed a new voice, and early results were very, very good. Um, but we've seen the regression to the mean, we've seen the losses pile up as of late, we've seen some very lifeless performances. We often say that the team earns the opportunity for their general manager to go out and add at the deadline, and I think that had certainly been the idea right up until now. But I do wonder if this, in your opinion, does this recent stretch of play, in addition to previous similar um, swoons by the club, how do you think that's resonating in between the ears of Kevin Dayoff right now? Because I had a lot of conversations of people that would have never considered maybe coming off a real push this year that after the games on the weekend said, well, what are we doing? I mean, what, what, you know, what are you going to do and trade first round picks and prospects for, to add to this club? I mean, this team doesn't look like they're going anywhere. I, I, I'm interested in your perspective on, you know, does this open up some other options, like maybe making a significant change to the core right now that might be more about the future than the present? Yeah, I mean, I'm still on team go for it and not so much because of the way the Jets have looked again just because of the way the west looks that as bad as the jets have been six wins in 16 games uh, i believe there's still five points out of top spot in the entire western conference now i say this Huss, having watched the colorado avalanche up close on friday and then i watched their game on tv saturday and again last night the west may be wide open in theory I don't, I'm not nearly as convinced though that the West is as wide open as it maybe looks. Cause I think the Colorado Avalanche, they've figured it out and, and they figured it out despite still not having Landeskog and now Makar, who's out of the lineup. If they get one or both of those guys back and it, it sounds like they're going to, then look out. Uh, the defending champs are back. And so I, I don't know that the West is nearly as wide open as it maybe looks on paper right now like it is. That being said, I just I keep going back to the same thing. The, this team is going to look probably very different in a year or two anyways um, because of the contract status of Connor Hellebuck, Blake Wheeler, Pierre-Luc Dubois, Mark Shifley, and now you can add Nino Niederreiter because he's also a UFA in the summer of 2024. Like, there's a reckoning coming. You know, this team is approaching the crossroads. And they have all those players here right now, though. They don't know if they're going to have them here in a year. And if they're not here, or some of them aren't here, who knows what they're getting back for, for, for them? Are they getting something back that helps them immediately? Are they going the full rebuild as opposed to retool? These are questions that we don't know the answers to right now. All we know is what they have right here and right now. And 
I just keep going back to a guy like Connor Hellebuck. If you want to sell Connor Hellebuck on re-signing long-term with the Jets, if you want to keep the best goalie in the in the game on your team long-term, waving the white flag right now, what message is that sending to him? And what message is it sending to Mark Shifley and to Pierre-Luc Dubois? And maybe that ship's already sailed regardless. Hey, Mike, of- some, some would argue that the team's performance has been the white flag and that yeah. that would be the reaction by the general manager to the situation that's staring them in the face. And I can make an argument that with the prices that are being paid right now for some of these players, and we'll focus on Dubois, but I think, I think Shifley's in the exact same scenario uh, I don't want to consider Connor Hellebuck because that has to be the priority of getting the guy signed. Right. But if you see this happening again, and this is the trajectory the team is on, and hopefully we're having a very different mood and different conversation tomorrow. But if that is the case, I would almost argue that a significant mood for a guy that apparently, according to everyone, doesn't want to be here and won't be here soon, an aggressive move that might include some picks, but maybe a younger player or two to come in and put some energy into this club, you're certainly not going to look any worse than you have in the last little while. I can guarantee you that. Well, and, you know, we we saw the return. I think the Tanner Janot return, that shocked everyone, right? Yeah, what's Pierre-Luc Dubois worth? That's what Tanner Janot is going for. Or, or you know, and I, I I don't think the Jets should entertain trading him at all. But just to throw that same hypothetical, what's Nikolai Ehlers worth right now? Like a guy that's signed, he's got a very good contract for a number of years. Like what would that fetch in the current market? Um, so you're right. I mean, it, it the prices that are being paid, especially for guys that have uh, reasonable contracts and term like the the value of cap space in this flat cap era and you know we we thought the cap was going to jump considerably in the coming years but now there's this whole bankruptcy situation you know with with uh, bally sports in the US and we don't know what impact that might have on uh, on hockey related revenue and how that could impact the cap so there's more question marks so teams are trying to find ways to get some stability long term on the cap and find players that can help so you're right i mean does that shift gears if you're kevin shovel day off perhaps um i just think i i still think it's sitting there on a tee as bad as the jets have played uh the chance of winning around two rounds three rounds in the west has got to be pretty tantalizing and in a market like winnipeg where we've had five sellouts all year. There's been no playoff revenue now for a few seasons. Um, COVID had a huge impact. How much would True North love to get, you know, one or two or three rounds worth of playoff gates in their bank account? And so if you're the Jets, uh, packing it in right now and kind of moving into next year territory by selling off some assets, um, as tempting as it might be given the price that you get back, I just don't know that that's really feasible. But, you know, it's a very interesting situation for sure, and it makes for a pretty compelling uh, 72 hours or whatever we are now till the uh, finish line of the trade deadline. Absolutely. I love this comment from Turd Ferguson in chat. If you want to keep Heli around, surround him with talent that gives an F. (laughs) And uh, I think that certainly is a start, and hopefully we'll see that tonight. But... Bringing this all together, Mike, um, 
What's what's on the line tonight for the Winnipeg Jets? I, I mean, this is a huge game against L.A. I mean, if they go over on this homestand and then go out, I was just reading what the next two weeks are like for the Jets. Home and home against Edmonton, San Jose and Minnesota at home, and then Florida, Tampa, Carolina on the road, and Boston back at home. I mean, it is a murderous schedule. Um and I listen, I don't want to really go there, but I mean, if this is another complete dud, I mean, if we see a similar performance to Sunday and to Friday, what what do you think that does to Kevin Shevel Dayoff and what he's thinking with some very important decisions to make before uh, the gun goes on Friday afternoon? Yeah, I mean, you, you'd always caution against just using one game or a couple games to, you know, dramatically alter your course, right? Like, you're looking this is it would, before the deadline though i mean i, I think know, they're looking the, for to give them a reason to continue to believe and go for the plan that has been on the table for most of the season that i think has some cracks in it right now for sure uh, you know i i think you'd still want to look at the larger body of work and believe that this team has the blueprint of how to play winning hockey because they did it for such a long stretch up until this recent skid that being said uh it would give you you know tremendous pause for thought um if you see no response from this team despite you know and and again i go back to sunday sunday was so telling for me Huss, for a few reasons not only because they were so bad on friday rick bonus then cancels practice saturday presumably to give his team they, they probably didn't deserve the reward of a day off, of an unscheduled day off, but he gave it to him anyways. You'd like to think the players would want to show the coach that that was time well spent. Shevel Dayoff then makes the Nino Niederreiter trade, giving up nothing off the roster. There's excitement among the fan base, and I would assume, based on what we heard from the players, they say, hey, our GM, he's trying to help. And they go out and get one shot on net against the New York Islanders in, in a period where they just look absolutely lost. So you're right. I mean, that, that to me, I know there's been worse periods this year where they got outscored and whatever. Um, that first period against the Islanders, for my money, that's the worst period of the year. Now they did show life in the second and third, and they kind of got goalied a little bit as the game went on. But they better show that sign of life tonight, you know, what we saw in the second and third. If they come out with a similar first period, then you're right. I, I think if you're Kevin Shoveldayoff, how can you how can you really invest any further in this group right now when that's the that's the payback that you're getting from your group? Uh, this is going to be a fascinating one tonight. I think a lot on the line for the Winnipeg Jets in that dressing room, in the arena, certainly in the stands. Um, and it's all going to lead into uh, what will be, as you mentioned, a very interesting 72 hours before the Jets go back-to-back against the Edmonton Oilers Friday night in Edmonton and Saturday right here. Mike, great to see you back at home. We'll see you at the rink. Enjoy this one tonight, and uh, we'll look forward to uh, everything you've got cooking for us in the Winnipeg Free Press over the next few days heading into the deadline. You betcha, Huss. Enjoy the game tonight. Enjoy the week. Good stuff. All right, there's Mike McIntyre of the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, Folks, in a couple minutes, you're going to have an opportunity to win tickets to tonight's game. 
courtesy of your boys here at Winnipeg Sports Talk. All right, Rumi's is going to get that ready. We'll go open up the raffle in a couple secs. Um, first up, though, uh, we've got the Winnipeg Whiskey Festival coming up on the weekend. And our friends at Canadian Club are the title sponsor of the Winnipeg Whiskey Festival this weekend at the Fairmont. If you've ever been to this event, it really is amazing. A very high-end gala. You can throw on maybe uh, some gear from F Apparel. Try amazing whiskeys from around the world. Now, Friday is sold out, but tickets are available on Saturday. Of course, Canadian Club proud title sponsor of the Winnipeg Whiskey Festival this weekend at the Fairmont. And proud sponsors of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and your boys right here at Winnipeg Sports Talk. Um, Got to give a huge shout out to our friends at Princess Auto. Proud sponsors of curling and the curling is just getting going. Reed Carruthers just finished coaching up Carrie Anderson and her team to a fourth straight Scotties. Hopefully going to have Carrie on the program in the next couple days. Uh, and now it's off to the briar for Reed Carruthers team as well as Matt Dunstone's squad who's had such a great year. Um, and then not too long afterwards, the Players' Championship by Princess Auto coming up in Toronto as well. We'll have some more information on that coming up. But Princess Auto is the spot where you'll find the best deals on the most unique assortment of tools and equipment around. Everything you need to complete the projects on your list or start something new is at Princess Auto. Two Winnipeg locations, Panet Road, Portage Avenue West. And you can always shop online 24-7, 365 at princessauto.com and a huge thank you to the great people at the family-owned Culligan Water Operation over 65 years in business as the go-to people for water products and services here in Winnipeg and Manitoba and they really do have it all water softeners filters bottled water coolers whole home systems drinking water systems citywide water delivery services and commercial and industrial water products and solutions for your business pop down and see them in person at 1200 sergeant avenue you can give them a call at 204-694-5180 or check out everything that culligan can do for you and your family online over at drinkculligan.com all right um let's uh get the uh let's get uh, remo back in here for a minute because uh, we are going to do a ticket giveaway and I do see people talking about the uh, the ice. Yeah, the ice continued to just absolutely steamroll everybody. Uh, they were up six one at last at last sight uh, today in this game against the Edmonton Oil Kings. And uh, I'm just checking out here. Uh, oh, nine one, and now I think it's ten one. Yeah, ten one late in the third for the Winnipeg Ice. So. Um, Man, the, the fellas just keep on rolling. We'll look forward to some playoff hockey and uh, hopefully a great run, maybe even to the Memorial Cup for the Winnipeg Ice. That being said, ice on the road right now. Jets are at home tonight. And, uh, Remo, what are we going to do? We'll do uh, maybe open this up. We'll uh, welcome in Sean Moran into the program and then uh, spin the wheel of winners afterwards. Yeah, that sounds like a good plan to me. So people are saying, how do we get in uh, first? First, hit the thumbs up and subscribe, Subscribe, of course, um, help us out. And then I'm going to and open the giveaway here. So I'm so excited about it, I can't even talk. <laughs> so this chat is there. So exclamation mark tickets in chat, and you'll be in the draw, and we will spin the wheel of winners 
for Jets Kings tonight. But uh, yeah, if you are got to be able to go. Don't enter if you can't make the game. Yeah, um, because we want to get them, and uh, we'll uh, hook the hook the folks up with uh, some seats up in the upper bowl tonight. Hopefully, it could be a great atmosphere. And uh, as I said, hopefully, we'll get a great start from the hockey club. But yes, exclamation mark tickets. If you want to go to the game, we will see you there. I'll hook you up with the seats after the show today. Um, and what we'll do is um, we've got an interview coming up for a few minutes with Sean Moranen of the Winnipeg Westman after their huge win over the Bisons last week for a trip to Nationals for the first time in 30 years. Once we finish the interview with Sean, we'll come back. We'll spin the wheel of winners. We'll take a look at what's happening tonight around the National Hockey League and finish up the program and get the pot up. So, YouTubers, exclamation mark tickets. Uh, it's two seats. It's not just a single seat. Yes, you will get to bring a guest, Jay. Um, we've got a pair for you. Shout out to my pals over at Wind City for the seats to uh, use for the show today. Um, and as I said, we'll come back in a few minutes and spin that wheel. But in the meantime, if you want in, if you can make the game tonight, Make sure you're subscribed, hit the thumbs up, and put in exclamation mark tickets in the chat. All right, maybe some of you missed this. Uh, going into last weekend, so much talk about hockey, but there was really a borderline historic game at Investors Group Athletic Center. And we all know about the great rivalries in many sports between the U of M Bisons and the U of W Westman. Well, basically maybe the biggest game in the history of the men's basketball rivalry went on on Saturday night. Uh, the Bisons, the slight favorite over the Westman. Bisons were 18 and two on the season. Westman were 15 and five. The winner would go to the Canada West final and book a trip to nationals. And it was the Westman with the road upset in an amazing, amazing scene at IGAC, winning 73-70 and booking their trip to the nationals for the first time in 30 years. And I mentioned this young man yesterday on the program because, of course, I am a Bison guy, U of M grad. I was cheering for the brown and gold. But very quickly, I became enamored with the uh, 5'8 point guard of the University of Winnipeg Westman, Sean Moran, who was everywhere, led the game with a team-high 20 points and 13 assists. And um, he just has an amazing story as well. Um just being a walk-on to the team. So we're going to get to all of that right now for a couple minutes. Great local story that I think you'll enjoy. Then we'll come back, spin the wheel, get to the cool bet lines and get ready for this game tonight. So uh, let's welcome in Sean Moranen of the Winnipeg Westman to the program right now on WST. Sean, uh, packed house, sold out investors group athletic center, the biggest game maybe ever in the rivalry between the men's sides and the crosstown rivalry. How, uh, sure. how much fun was being a part of that on Saturday night? You know, speaking of big games, I'm pretty sure it was our biggest game of our careers. You know, everyone on the team, everyone who was, you know, involved in the game. Um, but the win was, it was amazing. It was amazing. I mean, to to be able to pull out a win in, a, in an environment like that, um, you know, as a kid, it's like, you know, who wouldn't want to, you know, be involved in a, in a game in an environment like that. So, you know, it was good. Uh, pretty special rivalry too between these two clubs. You'd spitlit your matchups in the regular season, and then yeah. it was one game for all the marbles. And um, yeah. I mean, listen, the Westmen are going to the national championship for the first time in 30 years. I mean, what's it been like around the club and around campus since uh, since the win on the weekend? It's been awesome. I mean, there's a lot of people who I don't even know who are congratulating me. Um, so 
you know, it means it means a lot to me. And I think a lot of people that maybe don't get out to a lot of games saw two very evenly matched teams go at it. Um, you, of course, led your team with 20 points and with 13 assists in the game, but it really was a great team effort from everybody wearing black. It was. I mean, you know, we're a youthful group, but I think, uh, you know, from the moment we all stepped in the gym together, we've grown so much as human beings, as basketball players. And um, we were just able to string together some stops on on uh, Saturday night. And we were able to make some big plays. Malachi Alexander made a big shot. Um, you know, teams don't really respect him, but, you know, we're always confident in his and his ability to make some shots. And Alberto Gordo, our rookie, you know, made a crazy, crazy, you know, put sh sh shot from three. I think it was at like the attack line. He threw it out with the shot clock winding down. So we were able to make some big plays um, together with some stops. So I think that's what kind of got us, you know, over the hump. Uh, tell us, um, what was the preparation for the game like and what was the message from the coaching staff knowing that, you know, it's still the same game you're playing all year, but the stakes were so high and the environment was going to be different than any normal game all year long. Hey, you just said it. Um, coach said it was just going to be, it's like we're preparing for another game. But he also mentioned how stakes were higher, the environment is going to be crazy. Um, but we just wanted to lock in and really get better each day. And coach really preached about effort. And I think, uh, you know, we, we kind of did that. We, we were first on the ball. We were aggressive. We were talking a lot um, to each other on defense. So, you know, it was a good uh, win as a collective group. Uh, Sean Moran is with us from the U of M Westman. Uh, first time in nationals for the, for the team in 30 years. But before that, you got the Can West final. Um, yep. I can't spend too much time patting yourselves on the back because you got a big one on the weekend. Uh, tell us about the opportunity to go for a Can West Championship out on the West Coast. Yeah, it's going to be exciting. I mean, University of Victoria, they've been at the top of the radar for, you know, this whole season. And we actually played them, I think it was our second week of the season, um, and they swept us. Um, but we know um, how good of a team they are and how talented some of their players are. So, we just want to get better this week and really just lock into, you know, what we need to do to in order to win the, the Canada West Finals. Well, and uh, of course, the trip to Nationals follows the following week. I mean, uh, what uh, how are the fellas feeling about uh, the opportunity to head out to the other side of the country and uh, play for a national championship? Yeah, I mean, it's like who wouldn't want to be a part of that? I mean, it's uh, I think it's going to be amazing. And to be able to I said this in another interview, um, you know, the guys on this team, I'm familiar with a lot of them. Uh, Manuel Thomas, Donald Stewart, uh, Malachi Alexander, just to name a few. Like, we we played on the, the provincial team, Manitoba team, in 2017. And we, we've been playing with or against each other for a long time. So, for us to kind of team up and really accomplish this goal together, I mean, our, our goals are not done yet, but to be able to be able to go to nationals. I mean, it's amazing. Sean, tell me a, b a bit about your background. I know you were a star. You were a star at Sisler high school. You mentioned you played in the, uh, the junior program a bit, but I mean, you stand out. I mean, you're five, eight, you're getting guarded by dudes that are six, nine, you're running circles around them. Um, um, uh, tell us about your basketball story and, uh, how you became the player that you are and this opportunity now with the Westman. Yeah. Well, it all, all starts with my dad. I mean, 
ever since I was a kid, I remember my dad used to always tell the family members uh, like a bunch of stories. And when I was a kid, like anytime Christmas came around or it was my birthday and I received just a regular toy, I would refuse to, to take it. And the only gift that I would take and that I would really accept was a basketball. And growing up, I remember in my basement, I had a little basketball hoop. And every day after elementary, I'm going downstairs I'm playing basketball. It was a hoop where I could use a regular size basketball. So I was really getting used to the feel of the game and just getting my dribbles, my shots. And I was a big, like, I didn't want to watch anything on TV unless it was basketball. You know, the TSN was on, the Raptors were always on. So basketball, it was always basketball for me. And just as I as I grew up, it, I just I was getting better and better and better. The more that I'd watch the game, the more that I would play, you know, I, I would see improvements. So um, that's that. It was just basketball my whole life. Well, and, and you know what I mean? Having a number of friends in the Filipino community, I mean, they've always told me about how big basketball is within um, – they're there. I mean, there's a huge Filipino basketball league. I mean, exactly. fill people in, fill people in on how much basketball has been a part of your life and how in a lot of ways that helped you with the path to the university of Winnipeg and now to the national championship. Yeah, for sure. I mean, growing up, there was always some sort of Filipino league that I was always able to play. in. so kudos to, to the, to the people who run the, the leagues for a lot of younger kids like us, like the Filipino kids. So, I mean, it's great. And now that I get to go to national, it's, it's, it's unreal. Well, some great team success some great individual success as well. Congratulations on being named, I believe, second team All-Canadian this year. Thank you. Um, and, and it is an amazing story. I mean, you know, we were speaking off air. You were a walk-on. I mean, you're a highly decorated high school player and junior player, but um, you walked on to the UW. I mean, tell yeah. me a little bit about starting your career, what your expectations were, how much they knew about you, and what it's turned into. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I mean, coming out of high school, I was ranked third in the province. And so I was expecting, you know, to get some sort of offer from a small college or UW or whoever, whoever it was. I thought I was going to get a look, but I didn't. And so I had taken a year off. Um, That year off was, that beat me up a lot. I mean, I was working at a job from 1.30 to 10 p.m. every day. There was a time where there was a stretch where it was a few months where I didn't touch a basketball and it was, it was crazy. And I get a phone call from, you know, one of my favorite coaches, Scott Martin, who was my varsity coach, who is currently at the CMU Blazers right now. Um, He called me and said, coach Mike Rainbow um, wants to see me at, at a scrimmage. And when I, when I heard that, I was fired up. I was at work. I couldn't work anymore. I was just excited, and my mind really just dozed off into basketball again. And once I got an opportunity, man, I just like I knew I was always good enough. I know people you know, don't really think that because of my height, my, my size, but I always knew. I always believed in myself, and all I needed was an opportunity, and that's what Coach Mike Rainbow did. And I got there in 2019, 2020. I was probably 130 pounds. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it was good for me because I was uh, – there were two people on the team at the time um, who were 
who I knew growing up and there were guys who I looked up to, uh, Joseph Medrano and Don Darrett. So kind of the, when I got there, it was kind of an easy adjustment as far as getting used to everything. But as far as basketball, I mean, it was hard. I mean, again, I was like 130 pounds, you know, it was physical. Um, but I knew like once I got an opportunity, you know, I think, uh, things would turn out the right way. Well, you made the most of it, that's for sure. And I'm sure everyone involved with the UW program was pretty happy about that. Could you have imagined in the middle of those long hours at that job right out of high school that a few years later you'd be leading a team to their greatest heights in three decades? It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sometimes when I think about it, it's it's uh, I just can't believe it. Well, believe it, my friend. You guys have earned it, and uh, and what a show it was uh, there on Saturday night at Investors Group Athletic Center. So uh, good luck to you in the West and on the weekend. We'll be following you guys in the Can West Final and certainly out in Nationals. And uh, tell you what, it is a great, great story of perseverance, doing something that you love, and um, obviously good things coming to good people. Uh, best of luck to the Westman. Congratulations to you and all the team, Sean. And uh, hopefully we'll be uh, talking about some more big wins by you and your team over the next few weeks at the Can West Final and at the National Championships. Hopefully. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you guys for having me. All right, man. I, I haven't enjoyed an interview as much as that in a long time. He, uh, Sean Moran, and what a great story he is. And just a great story. That entire Westman team is good luck in the Can West finals against Vic on the weekend. And uh, we'll certainly keep you up to date on what's happening with the Westman as they make their return to the nationals for the first time in 30 years Love the story about him walking on, too. That's a great lesson for a lot of people that maybe when the success doesn't come right away, uh, to keep working at it, to believe in yourself. And, uh, man, all-Canadian leading scorer was a lot of fun, a really impressive young man. Thanks again to Sean for jumping on, and uh, thanks to Dave Larkins over at UW for helping us set that up. Well, hey, we will definitely hoist a 1919 and cheers the success of the Westman at the uh, Can West Finals and at the Nationals. Hey, when you're when you're cheers and you're having one with uh, with friends, nothing better than Winnipeg's favorite local beer, Little Brown Jug. Had a couple Hefeweizens there. Well, actually, when I did the uh, immediate Nito Niederreiter trade reaction, that was uh, a stop on the Saturday afternoon uh, itinerary. Um, but, of course, you don't need to necessarily go down to Little Brown Jug on William Avenue, although I suggest it. You can also pick up the great taste of Little Brown Jug, all their new beers as well, at your local Manitoba liquor marts or, frankly, anywhere that sells good beer. And uh, well, it was hot in there on uh, on Saturday night, uh, but I'm not sure it was quite as hot as the new Flamethrower Burger from Nick and Nicky over at our Nick and Nicky DQ franchises four locations in southern Manitoba and Winnipeg, the DQ in Niverville, DQ Northgate, DQ Polo Park, and DQ St. Anne's. Pop in and try one of the six amazing stack burgers, including that flamethrower for those of you that like a kick. My personal favorite, the Honey Barbecue Chicken Fingers, all their great ice cream treats. And if you do need an ice cream cake or a DQ Blizzard cake for an upcoming party, hit them up on Instagram at DQ Manitoba if you want to get them to custom make it for you for a quick and easy pickup at any of the four Nick and Nicky DQs. All right, Remo, let's get back in here. 
We've got a couple things to do. Um, you want to do a quick last call? Sure. With the uh, with the uh, with call. the tickets. You last just popped call. in. <laughs> Is that what able... you want me to do? Last call for <laughs> yeah, the tickets. Sure. <laughs> uh, if you want to go to the game tonight and you're able to go to the game, exclamation mark tickets right now. Rainbow's just going to wrap that up, and we will get to spin the wheel of winners and see who is heading to the um, see who's heading to the game tonight, and maybe we'll see you there. Great feedback, by the way. I'm just reading the uh, the chat here. Um, Patrolman Pete, damn, that was a satis- satisfying interview. What a great kid. Um, great interview. Good luck. Go Westman. I have that guy read out the starting lineups tonight. Uh, ball out at the finals at Nationals. Um, Isha Boy Bruce is a U of M alum. It stings, LOL, but wishing Westman good luck in the finals. I'm right there with you. But as I said to, as I said to my buddy Johnny, who I was at the game with, who actually was a volleyball coach of Sean's with Sisler um, back when he was in high school, very quickly, uh, that guy became my favorite basketball player right now. So... Uh, uh, and who knows? And I know there's some questions about the Sea Bears. We're going to find out. I do believe there's going to be some Sea Bears news coming up in the next few days with some news about players and signings. From what I know about the CEBL, there is spot for some youth sports players. Um, and again, I'm not at the pay grade when it comes to hoops to know what level of players from youth sports can hang in the CEBL. I guess we'll find out when we start going to the games. But I'll tell you what, I mean, good local. Uh, local flavor on that team. And listen, if you could have somebody from the Filipino community on that squad, I think from a from a community standpoint and certainly from a business standpoint for CEBL, for the Seabears, would be absolutely phenomenal. And they did take advantage, the, the new team, they did take advantage of that scene at Investors Group Athletic Center. It was a great Seabears display there. They had some folks talking to people about tickets, a very good presence. Um and man, what a what a great opportunity, frankly, for them to get the word out about the new team in a packed gym sold out between the two crosstown rivals playing for a spot at nationals. Um, all right, Remo, let's uh, let's do it, and then we'll get to a trade in yes. the National Hockey League, another one, and uh, obviously what we've got going on tonight. How many people are uh, are in the spin to win? Sixty-seven. 67 Ooh, a bunch done. getting in on that last call so i'm gonna close up and yeah we did have a trade we also had an update on that cane trade about how they're making the salary salary work so uh, elliot just tweeting that out right now but 67 people in put it perfect. in perfect well let's fire it up and then we'll uh, we'll go through all of this interview and yeah mike win loaded with local talent that was one of the coolest things about that game on on the weekend was that there was a ton of local players on both squads, um, and it wasn't just because of there. They were all really, really good, and a big reason why those two teams advanced as far as they did, and obviously Winnipeg, led by Sean, now uh, on their way to the national championship game. Uh, all right, wheel of winners time. Somebody is going to the game tonight. What you need to do if you win, send us an email, winnipegsportstalk at gmail.com. And um, let us know what email I should be sending you the tickets a little later on, uh, a little later on this afternoon before the seven o'clock puck drop tonight. And um, let's go in there with the positive attitude. Don't be T Will in chat. Let's let's <laughs> think think positively. 
T. Will's throwing tracksuits in. He's going to win the tickets and not use them. Come on, T. Will. Let's, 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 try and, let's try and get it together after a rough show yesterday and lots going on around the club. Um, all right, what do we got here, Rima? Let's uh, fire up this wheel. Here we go. So if you entered, good luck. Uh, again, we're going to need an email to send these tickets to. Uh, Remo's done a great job putting them all in. The Wheel of Winners, 67 in the hopper. One will win the tickets tonight's game. Shout it again to my pals over at Win City. Let's uh, fire it up, Remo, and see who's going to the game. All right, I'm hitting it. Let's go. Dunk Dynasty. What a great name. Dunk Dynasty, congratulations. Send us an email, winnipegsportstalk at gmail.com. We'll get you hooked up, and maybe we'll see you at the game tonight. Um, all right, thanks again to everyone that entered uh, entered as well. Um, all right, Reem, before we get to these cool bet lines, Marcus Johansson traded to the Minnesota Wild for, what, a third rounder from the Caps? Hey, wait, wait. Apparently there's another trade that just happened. People are saying in chat. Uh, that Elliot just reported. So hold on, let me pull it up. So Elliot reported that Arizona is getting a third in 2025 to broker the Patrick Kane trade to make the salary work. Arizona, the money laundering uh, franchise in the in the NHL, just taking on LTIR stuff. And we did have a breaking trade. So we had hmm. Marcus Johansson to uh, to Minnesota for a 2024 third, but this literally just happened a minute ago. Rasmus Sandin from the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, to Washington in exchange for Eric Gustafson uh, and uh, and Boston's first round pick. So Toronto, wow, Toronto getting that's crazy. Um, here I'll pull it up right here. This is a crazy trade. So Rasmus Sandin, who's you know was a top pick for them a couple of years ago, he's been playing. He's pretty much played up and down the the defense for Eric Gustafson, who's got an expiring contract and. Washington, including Boston's first-round pick from the Orlov trade to get Sandine. Now, Toronto, you know, they've traded away a lot of first-round picks. They get Gustafson, and now they get a first. Are they going to package this first for another trade or hang on to it? This is a crazy trade. Yeah, that, that that is not one. I mean, they're you know Sandine's cheap too. I mean, he's only one point four million on the cap. He's signed for one more year and is an RFA. Yeah, that's. Um, but you know, with the uh, with the addition of Jake McCabe, um, maybe it became likely that Sandine was going to sort of be the odd one man out. And uh, you know, you're exactly right. Like Gustafson's going to come in and be a depth guy. I'm not sure whether he plays. Brutal defensively, he can't help your power play. But it it almost. It, it, well, either they're getting one of their first round picks that they gave up, and this is a way of sort of moving, you know, some deck chairs around a little bit because of what they've already given up in the other trades um, that they made yesterday, and of course the one for um, for Ryan O'Reilly. Um, but you also do bring up an interesting point, Remo, that this could be another asset that the Maple Leafs use for another acquisition before the deadline, potentially on the blue line. Yeah, Gus said, I thought he's been. He's played like top power play for them with uh, Carlson out. Remember, Carlson took that puck to the head. Uh, so I'm not sure what what their plan is for him. They have so many defensemen now. I guess they felt like Rasmus Sandin was kind of roadblocked, wasn't going to get the opportunity, and they did. They did get into a bit of a 
you know, negotiation. Uh, it took a while to get him signed. And they felt like it was time for him to move on. And, yeah, Guzzi's 38 points at 61, uh, 61 games. So he's been... I think he's been solid, uh, solid for Washington, and well, he's a point guy, and you know yeah. he'll play on the power play, and he can help you in some ways. There's a lot of, I mean, there's a reason why he signed on a one year deal for eight hundred grand. Um, as I say, I don't think he'll be playing for the for the uh, the Leafs. You but don't think so? No, I don't. I mean, I'll go back to the Leaf uh, the Leaf uh, defense core. They got. Let's see. And then Mark Masters six minutes ago posted a video of Sandine walking out of practice because he got traded. You want to see this? Sure, pull it up. I Here, mean, watch, watch Riley this. and Brody, Giordano and Lilligren, Jake McCabe. There it is. Right in the middle of practice, Rasmus Sandine saying, uh, "Come to the GM's office." Probably not a great, great feeling. Um, it's got to suck when you're on a team like going for the playoffs. And, like he's, you know, a pretty good player, but he'll probably get way more opportunity in Washington uh, for him, which I think he wanted because he was trying to get paid more. And, and Toronto's like, no, we can't, we can't do that. Yeah, well, Washington obviously sees a future for him. I mean, trading a first round pick, yeah, albeit a, Boston's first round pick. I like that trade for Washington. They get rid of Orlov and you get rid of Orlov and sorry uh, Hathaway. And you get a first, so you get a first, and then you turn into Sandine, who's a pretty good player now. So if they're trying to retool, those are the moves you want, where you're acquiring a guy, you know, who's still a young player who you have a control of, and you can contribute. That's a good trade for Washington. Yeah, well, we'll uh, we'll see how it all works out, and if Gustafson is a player for Toronto or a potentially a depth piece. And as I said, who knows whether Kyle Dubas is even entirely done. Lots going on all around the National Hockey League. Off the ice, on the ice tonight. A very, very busy night. Uh, the Red Wings and Sens go back at it. Second of back-to-back -back nights in Ottawa. Huge game for the Red Wings after losing last night to Ottawa. I actually like them to win tonight. They're a Moneyline underdog, though. Plus 108 right now against the Ottawa Senators. Panthers and Lightning. Panthers with injuries, issues. They're going seven defensemen, 11 forwards tonight. Tampa is a minus 177 favorite in the battle of the Florida squads. Columbus and the Sabres tonight in Buffalo. Sabres have been playing great lately. Buffalo, a minus 196 home favorite. Total over-under on this game is seven. Islanders and Wild in Minnesota. Wild minus 135 faves. Pittsburgh minus 137 favorites in Nashville. The Kraken, who've been struggling a little bit lately. We'll see what Craig Berube's blues have for him after yeah. how pissed off he was on the weekend. Um, Kraken minus 152 favorites on the road against the Blues. Jets are favored tonight, minus 132. Kings are plus 112 as a road underdog. Blackhawks, Coyotes. Coyotes have been good at home. They're minus 182 favorites. Boston and Calgary. Boston's minus 124 faves. They played last night, beating Edmonton 3-2. Hit that at the start of the show. Then the final game between two teams going straight to the draft lottery. The Montreal Canadiens and the San Jose Sharks. Sharks minus 163. Now, I have been throwing a Hustler exclusive in the Coolbet exclusive for some of these Jets games. But considering the way things have been going, Jets are on the suspended list. I did not want to touch that game. I was feeling somewhat guilty. Maybe I was mushing them. 
so we're not touching this game tonight. But I do have a nice exclusive Red Wings to win, Tampa Bay Lightning to win, and the Blue Jackets and Sabres under seven and a half goals. That one actually was 385 earlier. It's now plus 425. So a nice boosted number there if you want to ride with me on that one. Under seven and a half in the Columbus Buffalo game. Wings and Lightning to win. That's over in the Cool Bet exclusives at plus 425. Um, Remo, what uh, what's your feeling for tonight? You're back on the positive train. Oh. See what we can. We have seen this team play way better. They've looked completely out of sorts. Sometimes you got to hit rock bottom to get back up. Have we seen it? Was this weekend rock bottom? I guess we're going to find out tonight when they drop the puck. Yeah, I'm just like having flashbacks to last year because when you thought it was rock bottom, it didn't just get getting worse last year. Um, look, the cool bet has them as a favorite. Money Puck has the Jets as a slight favorite. So you have to think they have to win at some point. There's going to be some breakout game where I don't know if this is it. I see people has thing at take Adam Lowry to score. You know, does he snap it if he's on the second line? I think that Let, would be good. Let's see. Let's plus see. Plus five fifty. Plus if he's plus. on the second line, like I know he hasn't scored in like thirty games, but he's on the power play too. I mean, he's uh, the second power play unit. I mean, something's got to give at some point. But regardless of one particular guy scoring or not, I think everyone just wants to see a team that comes out with some energy, committed, um, and playing the way they did earlier this season. If they can do that, they'll be in these games. But they haven't been in either of these last two games for the most part. And um, the lack of response has been really concerning, I'm sure, to the coaching staff. It has been to the fan base. But a win tonight would uh, certainly change the mood around the club heading into the trade deadline on Friday night. And I did see T. Will put in advice. Bet on the Kings. That way, either way, tonight you win. Uh, yes, the old emotional hedge. We've seen that one before. Um, oh, and one other thing we should mention. We didn't talk about this, Reem, but um, Keandre Miller got suspended three games for spitting on Drew Doughty. Now, he apologized immediately after the game. Uh, was not his intention to do that. Um, and it seemed like it's sort of been washed over. I'm a little surprised that he did get that suspension, but um, I guess if you do the crime you got to do the time i guess that's the rule but it is kind of silly when you have stuff like guys taking each other's heads off and they doesn't get anything and then you like spit on a guy it's like oh no that's that's three games so um obviously like spitting on a guy like not cool and he said it wasn't intentional i don't know if he was like talking and he's one of those yeah. guys who's, who spits when he talks it must have been really bad if it was unintentional he still got three games yeah, and and again, I just think it's it's weird when like you can hit a guy in the head, like give him a concussion and stuff. Like what, like what? Mark Shafley got four games for the for playoff for the uh, Jake Evans yeah. hits, and this is three. Like, I mean, I don't know. It's th three seems really severe for spitting. I guess they uh, want to say like don't like that's a pretty clear cut. Like, well, don't if a guy, a guy went and purposely hawked a loogie right in a guy's face, he's probably getting ten. Yeah, that's true. So, I mean, I think this is sort of meeting in the middle. Anyways, and that was just another bit. Comparing it, like, remember when Brad Marchand like licked the guy? What did he get for that? I, I don't even there, know if he got suspended. I think he might have gotten fine. I guess because spitting like isn't a hockey play, and a body check if you hit a guy in the head is a hockey play, and it's easier to suspend a guy for a non-hockey play. I'm I'm trying to to think about it. 
uh, listen, let's try and not make sense of anything. I guess, anything like, right yeah, you now. can't make sense of the Department of Player Safety. You know, that's the number one rule, Hustler. You got it. All right, I'm liking some of these. Uh, I'm liking some of these predictions oh, in chat. We got the positive. Uh, we've got the positive vibes back in the chat for uh, for this game tonight. I, there was one other note we didn't talk about. So, um, Chris Johnson reported today, Hus, the NHL released a memo to teams this morning saying that will closely scrutinize trades where injured players are acquired with the intent of keeping them on LTIR until the playoffs, like Nyquist, Monahan, or Adam Henrique, who I actually thought. Uh, you know, Adam Henrique would be a nice fit here, but like, just seems like they're making up the rules as they go. Like, play like teams have been putting guys on LTIR, you know, for the playoffs. Um, you know, for when you talk about Kucherov and you know, Mark Stone and and Vegas, like, can't just make up the rules as they go. NHL We're cracking down on caps uh, cap circumvention starting now in the NHL. Oh, people, I don't know whether yeah. that's actually going to work or not, but just back see. to the spitting. I guess there's also a, what COVID concerns about spitting. So yeah, then definitely three. Then definitely three. Three games us. But yeah, this is just seems weird that they you know, now they're getting like mad about this LTIR usage. Like I don't know. There it seems within the rules to me, hustler. So um, we'll see. So right. it's great, Chris great jo- comment, great comment to finish off today. Peyton Wilding, let's get this Jets team back on track and for a 2023 whiteout. Amen to that, Peyton. Um, hey, we'll see what we get from this team tonight. This is a big one. Lots on the line as um, they got to get some points in the standings with um, Calgary just five points back. Calgary playing tonight against the Boston Bruins. And uh, a lot of big decisions to be made for Kevin Sheveldayoff as well as we get closer to Friday. We're going to be all over it the next few days. We've got packed shows. We'll have an expanded show on Friday. Make sure you turn your notifications on on the YouTube for your YouTube subscribers because we will be going on early We'll kind of firm that up and let you know everyone that's going to be joining us on an expanded trade deadline show on Friday as we get closer to it. In the meantime, Dunk Dynasty, congratulations on those tickets. Enjoy the game tonight. Send us an email, winnipegsportstalk at gmail.com. And uh, the rest of you folks, have a great evening. Enjoy the game. Fingers crossed. We've got a win to talk about tomorrow on Winnipeg Sports Talk. But win or lose, you know, we'll be here at 1 p.m. We'll see you then. Oh my god! Shut it down! Let's go home! Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com.